This podcast is brought to you by Sega's Kingdom Conquest 2, the strategy MMO for iPhone, iPad, and Android. Download today at the App Store and Google Play. T-minus 10, 9, 8, 7, 6, 5, 4, 3, 2, 1, 0. We can confirm. Ignition. Liftoff. Liftoff. Welcome, everybody. My name is Garnet Lee. This is Weekend Confirmed. We are in full effect for show number 199. 2014. 2014. First show, 2014. It feels like we have been off for a long time. It does. Well, we have been off for a long time, I guess. And there's been much uh, gnashing of teeth and wringing of hands. But don't worry, folks. The show will go on. Yes. In some form. That is Mr. Jeff Kanata here to my left. Hey, man. Hey, hey. hey. How, how do you like in that new show? By the way, he has an awesome new show on 5x5. Five five, uh, Thank you, yeah. Live show called DLC every Wednesday. Uh, actually, at, it's, it's going to be every Monday. Every Monday at so 11 a.m. So we did the first one on Wednesday. It was a fake we had out. To, yes. Okay. It was. It was uh, we were trying to make it as unpredictable as possible, so it's hard to... No. Uh, every Monday, 11 a.m. Pacific time. Uh, but then you also you can download it if you're not around. But it's really good, guys. You Thank should you. listen to it. Yeah. Uh, and I have... I have already roped in everybody in this room to be uh, guests on that show. Oh, yeah, possible. I would so, yeah, definitely. I, my rope is chafing, actually, a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> That's uh, indie Jeff Mattis there at the end of the table. It is I. Newly of uh, his first VO dig. Yes. Gig. Oh, yeah. I'm super excited. Oh, you Wait, got a job did. already? I did. That didn't take long, no, sir. No, it didn't. Congratulations. It, it's, uh, I can't really say too much about it right now, except that... Except uh, that you're playing Shepard in Mass Effect 4. Yes. He's no, got voices. I, <laughs> He's got voices. I do got some voices. But um, the weird thing, it's female Shepard. Femme Shep, yeah. yeah. Well, it's typecasting. It's so, so while details are scarce right now, um, it is called Narcosis. I can tell you that. Ooh. And it does have a Twitter account that they set up the other day and a Facebook page. Uh, it's at Narcosis with the... Uh, Second to last S is a two. So it's N A R C O. So it's elite. Yes. It's N A R C O 2 I S uh, on Twitter. I got uh, narcosis one time, but you know, some penicillin just cleared it right up. Yeah. Yeah. Extra strength. <laughs> nah, it wasn't even worth it. I know. Yeah. I'm embarrassed of myself. And surprisingly, with a strong voice after a week at both Vegas in, at both Vegas, at CES in Vegas. I, I guess you got the, the the side effects. I went to Vegas. You got, and then you got. The, you got. It's because it's morning. It, 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 is. it is very. It, we shouldn't confirm weekends this early in no, the morning. <laughs> but that's Andrew Yoon. Howdy, everyone. Uh, EIC of Shack News, Traveler Extraordinaire, and Snappy Dresser. Oh. Always the Snappy Dresser. Always. Well, thank you. I, I'm very flattered. That was your cue to say something. Yeah, yeah. No, I was just like, I, I was like, what? What am I wearing? Am I wearing anything today? <laughs> oh shit! Did I forget to wear clothes? God damn it! I hate it when I forget to do that. All right, so a ton has gone on. Of course, you enjoyed the holiday shows. Thanks for all the very good feedback we got across them. Everybody enjoyed those. I think yeah. we'll talk some. We can go. One of the things that came up actually was someone said that they wished that we would revisit our progress, our progressions. Boy, that's going to happen all day, isn't it? Our predictions. From a year ago to see how we did. Oh, do we know what those are? Well, I don't. I have not had a chance to go back and look at them. Oh. I mean, we could go do that, I guess. Here's the reason that I've not done that in, in years past: is that a everyone is very quick to jump on them in the threads, and b I don't know how you make an. It, it, it's sort of, it's sort of not the greatest conversation. It's like, oh, I was really right about that, or oh, I was really stupid about that. Well, it's interesting how many of our predictions for 2014 
are already coming true, Mr. PlayStation Now. PlayStation Now? You and, were, that was yeah. your big prediction. And my, my prediction was that uh, Steam boxes would be a total flop uh, in 2014. And I don't know. And did, so did, far, three so, weeks in. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, are, is anyone actually excited for, for no, Steam boxes? To your credit, no one has bought a single Steam box yet in 2014. <laughs> so I think you, so far I, you're right. I, I'm, I'm, I'm doing pretty well. Zero here. in sales, that's a flop, <laughs> friends. All right. Well, I mean, look, that's two of the things we definitely want to talk about today. We can jump right into it. Steam boxes were shown off at CES where Andrew was. The first 13 Gabe uh, had a quick very quick press conference. Seven minutes. <laughs> was, I think the anticipation for the press conference was much larger than the actual press conference like, itself. I, I, was, I was doing a live blog, and I'm like, all right, well, that's it. No, seriously. <laughs> that's, <I'm>, honestly, <laughs> that's, that's the whole thing. Well, I think, well we I saw think... the stamp on your wrist. Yeah. That yeah. was key. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah, I was like, you know, Half-Life 3 confirmed, question mark. <laughs> Yeah, that's the, you know that's going to be the the tip of the they're going to love teasing when when they eventually do decide to start talking about Half Life Three. You know they're going to have a lot of fun with it. Yeah, and my grandkids are going to be so excited. Yeah, <laughs> totally. So they showed off thirteen of them. There was a wide range of specs. I think that was one of the key pieces they want to get across in the boxes that they showed. The uh, least expensive of them was at four hundred and ninety nine bucks. Many of them were over a thousand. A couple were over two grand. Uh, so they showed basically, hey, here's the gamut of Gaming kind of looks like a gaming PC catalog to me. Yeah. Of Did, like, hey, buy a PC that has various specs. And yeah, yeah, it's like, yeah. It, uh, aren't there? I think there are some companies that do that right now. That make gaming make, PCs. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I think, I think the the worrisome sign, which is the thing that I, 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 which is why I'm so doubtful about Steam boxes, is that a, a, a lot of them actually come with Windows. <laughs> right. As Dual well. boots. Yeah. But the thing is, Windows. <laughs> can play every game that runs on Steam OS. Right. Yes, it can. And then some, you know? And so I I'm just really curious, like what what's the entire point of of using Steam OS to play these games? Because hey, you can still launch Steam on Windows. You you can still use big picture mode. Yep. You know, you're you're really not losing that much. I mean, theoretically, and far more of the games run natively on Windows as opposed to Linux. So I guess there's some streaming option if you're running SteamOS. Is that accurate? Uh yeah. I mean, they haven't shown that off yet. But that's but... like that's going to be, I guess, the way they have to fix it because you can't expect the thousands of games that are in the Windows library for Steam to all be ported over to Linux. Right. It's just and, not going to happen. And no. the thing is, like, what's the point of having like a a two thousand dollar gaming rig that's playing? you know left for dead 2 you know i mean it's a good game but it's an it's an old technology and we haven't really seen much in terms of like the bleeding edge uh, when it comes to linux i think that the idea of what a steam what a what a steam box could be or a steam machine could be you know when we were all pie in the skying it or what the idea of like making pcs in the same conversation as consoles as far as ease of use yeah yeah, yeah. was Making it making the buying options simpler, and it doesn't seem like they have done that at all. It seemed like the idea is, well, what if I just went to the store and bought a off the shelf PC that was a spec that all these PC designers could say, oh, if you have a Steam machine, just you know push this button. Well, I think, and you, I think right. game even works on for it. the consumer, you even need to reduce it a step further. What if I could walk into Costco, right, and there was a pallet of boxes sitting right. there that had a Steam logo on them, and there was maybe three to choose from and right. there's like a five hundred dollar one a seven or eight hundred dollar one and a twelve hundred dollar one it's like do i want this functionality this functionality this functionality boom buy walk out plug it in under under my television hook it up log into steam and go and and the last part of those seems like 
close. We've gotten there. It seems close. But the first part, which I think is the more important part, is not there. Is is completely not there. And I I could see a situation where if they were able to position one of these boxes that was spec comparable to the new consoles. And and, and, and and there are, the the $500 one. Yeah, so they say, okay, here's the $500 box. We're going to put this on the shelf, or even a $600 box. We're going to put this on the shelf next to these two consoles that you know. And, you know, hopefully word will get out that, hey, if you get this $600 Steam box, you can go and plug it in just like you would your other consoles if you're in the market for a new console. And when you plug that in, you've ostensibly got a console that allows you to buy all these PC titles at discount. And so you become but it, it, a... it's not all these PC titles, though. The library is still pretty limited. And I think, I think more crucially, though, especially compared to the consoles, is that there's no exclusive title well there's nothing preventing you from installing a windows os on this thing but that's the but that's the thing like then 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 it's no longer consumer friendly anymore right the entire point is like right you you have this box you plug in the hdmi cable you plug in the ac port and like that's it right i I totally agree i I guess the point i'm making is the one sort of thing that i could see people latching onto from a consumer perspective is hey if i invest in this particular box i can play games for less than 60 bucks a pop over the long term. But you could already do that. You could, but <laughs> if you don't have that... I'm, what I'm saying is, I, I, don't th- don't... I don't think anybody that already has a gaming PC or has been doing PC gaming is going to look at this stuff unless they were looking to upgrade anyway and go, oh, this is great value but, proposition. But isn't that the problem that that the whole this whole initiative seems... From, from our perspective going into it, we, we were all looking at it, I think... At least I was as a way to usher people into the PC yeah. family, mm-hmm. yeah, no, and make true. it easier for people who are like, I just don't get what to buy from a PC perspective. I'll just buy an Xbox or a PS4, uh, you know, because it's just easier. But I, I just I yeah. get that. Right. And now, and they have not done that. I mean, you walk into a, you look at these lists of it's it's bewildering. It's like, yeah. well, which one do I get? And we're all we've already had that with PC gaming. Well, that's even, what PC gaming is. It's even a little bewildering to us who are you know, I mean, people or people that are familiar with PC gaming. It's like, man, I got to look through how many different specs and what are right. they, well, what's well, the difference? And well, the thing so, is, sometimes the, that's the fun. It, but, it can be, but but it gets to a point where you're like, okay, you're getting a little too granular with your. Well, and, and it's not going to bring anybody if, in. If you're yeah. a real like hardcore PC gaming enthusiast, you're building your own rig at prices that are still lower than the ones that are offered right, which, here. Which is why, yeah, it, it, it I, doesn't help the 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 segment that we want to help, which is people that wouldn't game on PC. It doesn't usher those people into the tent. You yeah. know what I mean? No, no, and I I, I guess what I what I'm ultimately saying is i completely agree with you guys i think this is way underwhelming in terms of what it could have been or what it what we hoped it would be and what it is um and i don't think what the thing that i mentioned which is potentially cheaper software down the road is really gonna click with a lot of people that would be making that decision it's a it's a hard thing to sell to consumers like you'll save money in the long run people generally don't think that i mean think about like people that go on subsidized uh cell phone like you know contracts there we go that's the right, word right. uh you know you're you're actually paying a lot more in the long run than if you just bought a phone outright <laughs> and totally just true. paid a cheaper monthly plan right yeah uh but people generally don't perceive things that way I, uh, part of my original prediction was that steambox or like you know steam os will be successful in the long run i just don't think in 2014 they'll get it right, right we, th- yeah they're, they're, uh, we're, but, we're still waiting for that yeah. okay why why do yeah why? I, I think that the why the question the answer to the question of why is that Valve wants to decouple PC gaming from Windows. And, and I, I think that's their play. So I'm glad you got to that point because I'm not convinced that that is the Achilles heel of PC gaming. 
I think that it's what we talked about. Windows isn't the Achilles? I don't think Windows is the problem. People work on OS-based PCs every day, day in and day out, and have been for generations. Whether it be Mac OS or Windows, we've all become intimately familiar with how to use the basic framework of the way an operating system on a PC screen in front of us works. Until you open up Windows 8 and then you're like, wait, wow. Yeah, that is true. I mean, (laughs) Windows 8 was this huge shift and, uh, and... Wait, and how, just how do I? And it's, wor- and it's working out I so. Well. I think and, you're, I think and, and, and the walled garden that that Microsoft is trying to introduce with uh, the Windows Store. So that Windows that 8, I agree with. You know that is a that is a direct threat to to the future of Steam. However, right? I do think that the it is. I agree. I do think that the anti Microsoft sentiment puts a lot of the hill in front of Windows 8. Windows 8 is really not that hard to understand. It's it's a I bunch like of panels <laughs> and <laughs> it is it is a touch faced interface right. which does not lend itself to the mouse and keyboard keyboard you know that interface everyone well uses. that everyone uses i agree and that's silly and i think that they could have refined it better and i think that in the long run though it works very well because it shows a commitment to and they've started advertising this and it makes sense one experience across all devices this is something even that i think that i would like to see in my ios and mac devices is one universal experience across all of those but that be as my i'm getting off topic Right. Where I wanted to go was to talk about how you called it bewildering. I think bewildering bewildering might be a scotch too far, but even if you're into it, there's so many options in front of you that it becomes difficult to choose, even if you know what you're talking about from everything that's in front of you. Even if you were to say, I want to build a machine with an Intel processor and a NVIDIA graphics chip, you've still got a big a la carte menu of which processor do I want to buy? Which graphics card do I want to buy? How much memory do I want on that graphics card? Which what is pro- how PC gaming has always been. I There's it. no change. And so that, I think, is it's, I think it's that dramatic breadth of options that confront people that is the piece that is a, a bigger wall to getting into it than Windows 8. Because we no, people I agree. know OSs. I agree. And, that, and, that's, and that's why I think it's so strange that I, it seems like Valve had no intention to solve the problem. Right, that we all. We I think, all see. I, but they what they wanted to solve was their problem, which right. is which is being attached to Windows and not wanting to get cut off from the market and exactly. not having Steam marginalized, and that makes a hell of a lot of sense. Right, but it, it doesn't help. It doesn't the consumer do what, particularly. Exactly. No, I just think I think uh, especially move trying to move away from Windows, it's not really going to work unless Valve can convince Electronic Arts and Ubisoft to to join along with them. Right, like if battle if the next Battlefield isn't on Linux, then. I'm pretty sure a lot of gamers are going to stick to Windows, right? I mean, and yeah. let's not forget that 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 Mac OS has been OS X have been trying to be better about gaming, but it's still not a particularly big platform well, for you, PC games. And it's the catch twenty two of you got to build your audience to get those yeah. folks to build you know build games for that OS, and you know, I think I think Valve needs to really convince third parties to join them in the initiative. But the thing is, like. Man, there's just so much bad blood between EA yeah. and and Valve. There's yeah. and and Ubisoft obviously wants you know people to stay within their Uplay garden. So yep. are they gonna are they gonna bring the next next Assassin's Creed to to SteamOS? Like maybe there is a benefit for them, but like how difficult will that be? Do they even want to bother with doing something like that? So yeah. as a PC gamer, you know you're you're looking at SteamOS and you're like oh. This is the PC gaming platform that doesn't have Call of Duty. This is the PC uh, OS right. that doesn't have 
Battlefield. It doesn't have Assassin's Creed. And, and, par- and the hardware partners, I don't think, did them any favors either. <laughs> if you look at the gallery of photos that's on Shaq that Andrew put up, none of these designs it, maybe yeah, are compelling. Maybe the Alienware is, you know, a, a prototype stage of something that could get to being a thing that I would put in my den. But the rest of them, they all look like exactly what you would expect from PC builders that's putting exactly a box right. together to that's exactly right. a spec. All of these companies... Well, not all of them, but most of these companies that you go down the list, Digital Storm, I Buy Power, oh, yeah, of course. All, all these companies, they already offer basically the same thing. They all offer like, oh, a kind of gaming box that will play PC games that's that's built to be a gaming rig that's got the, you know, that sort of cool case design. There's nothing su- substantially different. And, and I don't understand why I would want to boot to SteamOS. So back to, the, getting, back to the Costco Linux consumer. Linux it, right? Like back right. to the Costco yeah. consumer is not only do they need to see the box sitting on the pallet, but they need to know that what's inside the box when they go home and put it in their in their you know, media cabinet by their television that they just bought you know, next to it is is within that same you know finished product looks like part of my living room. And yeah. most of these do not. And I think yeah. that the reason that we are being so negative about all this is that all of us are frustrated because we want that solution to be easy for people to get into PC Dude, it's gaming. Something, it's something that I remember talking with, you know, John and Jeff Green went back at one up all the time about like even on the show, we'd be like, how do they just not figure out getting, you know, a little consensus around what PC hardware can be for some short term? We understand you know, PC hardware lives by its ability to be upgraded. I mean, look no further than that new Razer. Well, PC that's what I was, was just going to bring up. That thing's that's interesting. Much more interesting, I think. Although than I, still, it still looks ridiculous. It looks ridiculous, but I think I think but for that looks au- cool. But both, I think. Yeah, I think I think I think for the audience that we're talking about, people that could get into PC gaming but have always been intimidated by it. That's such a great solution. So, so let me explain. So Razer showed a prototype device at CES that essentially is a vertical arm onto which modules can be plugged that create the guts of your machine. So yeah, they look like little platters that you that they look you like blades. They look in, like yeah. blades. They, you know, or, like or a, they look like external hard drives. Yeah. Essentially, like yeah, know. it looks like a big uh, like raid. It's like a deconstructed mm. Drobo or something. <laughs> yeah, you're plugging exactly. and you're plugging in the modules, and each of the modules <laughs> then would be the elements that you would plug into the motherboard. So yeah, you like have, I want to upgrade my RAM. Boom, get that module. Right, there's a RAM yeah. module. There's a, there's a CPU yeah. module. There's a video card module. There's a sound module, and so you can upgrade all these pieces. And the next thing on top of this. This is now they've proposed that well maybe we'll entertain a subscription model for this right. PC wherein you're always getting the coolest yeah, newest, latest, sixty best. bucks sixty bucks a month and when that starts to do is that starts to stabilize this what do people have in their box because if I'm subscribed to this now everybody who's subscribed to this has the same thing the only thing is man the cost could be really it could get very expensive to be subscribed being subscribed to hardware i i, I agree you're going to pay a I premium agree. right right there's no <laughs> yeah. way there's no way it can be as cheap as just going out buying your I own mean, stuff i mean but people and, yeah. pay a premium for mac devices right for apple devices because well, they expect simplicity out I think, of it i yes. think it's i think it's a great idea i just i was just making the point that long term you're going to be paying more for something like that. once again and people don't really factor in long term costs right so as long True. as the the initial cost or the monthly cost seems reasonable enough you know yeah. and people are like oh yeah I, i'd be willing 
willing to toss that in. Well, but... and you're getting the added benefit of like, you know, hey, my video card, I'm not so happy with it anymore. I don't have to go drop 300 bucks today or 500 bucks today. Well, I, there, can... I think I think there is an appeal to potentially having like top of the line stuff all the time. I mean, think yeah. about people that upgrade their cell phones every year, right? Def- definitely. What uh, if that had been what the Steam machine was? What if Valve said, here's our plan. We're going to make sure there's a large group of people who always have the best PC gaming hardware. They're going to be paying a monthly subscription fee. We, Valve, are going to take some of that. Whatever. So you're saying so, Valve gets into the hardware business now? Yeah, okay. or at least partners with someone. And ma- Like, if that had happened, if that had been what Steam Machine was, was we are going to always, always, always outpace the console. The PC is always going to be thing the most people would love. powerful thing. And... We're going to beat you on price point because there's going to be Steam sales. And we're going to be able to guarantee to developers that they can give you a gaming experience and target the highest rate specs on the market. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That would have been such a compelling, exciting idea. And, and honestly, when when they first started even talking about the Steam box in any sort of official capacity, that's what my mind was doing was like right. – here, oh, great. That's what you want. A modular PC where, you know, even if it's not subscription-based, even if it's like, hey, you want to buy the new video card, cool, whatever, send us the old one back, we'll give it to you at a discount or, or an upgrade fee or whatever, or subscribe and just always have the, the best stuff yeah, in your and machine. they could have, because they're, if it, if it had been Valve partnering with someone, <clears throat> because they can leverage Steam, they could have completely done an end around on Microsoft and Sony because they could go, okay, you're subscribing to our hardware. So we're going to give you the equivalent of Xbox live or PSN type deals on steam. We're going to give you like, you know, only subscribers of the hardware get X, Y, and Z on steam. I mean, I think that's just a bit too much of a jump for, for even valve. I mean, probably because, because they're just, yeah, they're, they're not a hardware company. I mean, they're, I'll say this, I did not expect that we would fill, you know, this much of this show talking about Steam boxes and I think it shows how much passion and ex- I, I, I think there's I, a lot of enthusiasm for it. And I, I think, think that's, we want we we all want Steam yes. boxes to to be as amazing and innovative as Valve's other products. And I right. think the the frustration is that they set the bar so high that w- when we feel like they haven't reached it, it it feels disappointing, right? And the odd thing is, we we're only talking about the business strategy and and the yeah. h- hardware. We, we haven't even talked about the controller, like the bizarre, bizarre controller. Did you get hands on with that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, what did you think? It definitely has a really high learning curve. I would Ooh, say. So I, I think I think it has a lot of potential. I think it could be a really ideal way of bringing PC style games. In a yeah, I saw. You format. know, it's funny because they talked about how easy it was going to be to use, and I saw Michael McWhorter from Polygon talking about <laughs> his experience playing with it, and he's like, "Yeah, I got accustomed to it after about 15 minutes." And I thought, well, you know, there's another Achilles heel. The, yeah. the, the again, that Costco consumer, the everyday yeah. gamer, 15 minutes is a long. That's a long time to expect them. I realize you're thinking 15 minutes is not long, but if it you could pick save up, you up to. 15% on car insurance. <laughs> I think we can all agree with that. But if the if the if the initial pickup is that challenging and you know we've been blaming controllers now for, you know, a decade that people don't play games because those well, controllers well, are Well, the hard thing to is the out. thing is if we're gamers and it takes us about 15 minutes right. Right, or so to get used to it and I I would say that that's that's a fair assessment. Uh I think it's easier for like a first person shooter uh than other other games uh with using the controller but like I feel like it must be even more intimidating to people that are already intimidated by current generation controllers because it it is more complicated like you I I feel like an analog stick eventually you sort of understand the concept that like oh, okay you move it forward to go forward right but with with the steam 
uh, controller, that's not necessarily true. You know, you it's actually not about the direction that your finger is moving, but like where your finger is placed, which is a pretty different concept, I would say. So Valve did note that they plan to send out new rounds of beta controllers. I guess they didn't really hint much at what that what would be changed in the hardware but evidently something will be changed because they're sending out not you know like not a reprogramming or new firmware but all new hardware hmm. Hmm. I'm, I'm curious to see how well, that test continues so, to go uh, now it's during, sticks during the press conference uh, gabe was talking about how sort of frustrated he was at the beta feedback so far mm-hmm. because uh, i think the quote that he used was oh uh, yeah apparently it's like the best thing since uh the dawn of time or something <laughs> like that's the feedback he's been getting and 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 I think he understands that the 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 beta testers they're sort of in this like bubble right where they're already we got free hardware yeah they're they're already Valve fans they got like two two three thousand dollar computers for free right pretty close to the holiday season <laughs> right. so so you know they might not feel like they have any just cause to give really really critical feedback right. but that that's the kind of feedback that they need and I think I think. Uh, I think that's why they're doing another controller beta because they need they need more feedback from people that aren't already in it like incredibly enamored with it. Yeah, now, sure. Did, did you play any any RTS stuff with that? Because, no, no. Because that's sort of like I, the I, thing I, where I played Metro Last Light and Portal Two. So okay, the, so just other like just first shooters. Person, yeah. yeah. Uh, the weird thing about a uh, first person, sh- at least the one thing that I I found weird was a. Uh, I found myself walking backwards a lot because my I think when I use a analog stick like my my finger goes from the bottom up right to sure. push the uh, but but when you have your finger uh st- start at the bottom of the of the trackpad it registers as going backwards uh. and then I'm st- so you, have to, some, you have yeah. to actually hold it in the center to be yeah, mid stick so, and and, and, stick. and they they do have like um the, this like uh indented circle so like you can sort of feel where the me- middle is but it still takes some time for your like brain to like you're fully just hitting remember. the moonwalk button yeah, yeah I, that, I mean it could it could have been yeah you know there's like there's like two triggers behind the the handle so like it's, 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 it's yeah, yeah. <laughs> exactly all right well this definitely is going to be a topic that a lot of shackers will have an opinion on so i'm curious to see how the thread goes now for this week's show tell us about you know your opinion of the beyond what we read obviously there's a, over a hundred comments in andrew's original story but i'm curious to hear more feedback now that you've heard our pitch on it where you where you think you are as far as steam <laughs> machines what 2014 will hold for them. We've got a lot more still to come in this first show of 2014. We have PlayStation Now yet to come. Uh, I definitely want to talk about that a little bit. Speaking <laughs> of Steam, DayZ done incredibly well. We'll talk about that here. Maybe we'll do that on the other side of the break because I think that's a really interesting story as well. So stick around. Weekend Confirmed will be right back. This episode of Weekend Confirmed is brought to you by Sega's Kingdom Conquest 2, the strategy MMO for iPhone, iPad, and Android. Kingdom Conquest 2 has an intense base of gamers and has been going strong since January 2013. It's deep and creative and free to play. So it's a little hard to explain, but this might help. It was created by Sega's design teams behind Panzer Dragoon, Typing of the Dead, Yakuza, and Jet Grind Radio. So now that we've listed off all of Sega's best games, these designers combined a strategy MMO with a card battler with a hack and slash action game. So think of it as Kingdom Conquest 2 being equal parts of Kingdoms of Camelot, Rage of Bahamut, and Fantasy Star Online, where you conquer real players and make them submit to your will. Bow down, real player. You can download Kingdom Conquest 2 for free at the App Store or Google Play. And for our listeners, Sega is offering a Kingdom Conquest 2 rare monster card based on Gilius Thunderhead, the mighty dwarf from Golden Axe. To get this rare monster card, just send an email to Sega at 
www.kc2 at sega.net and ask for the Kingdom Conquest 2 Golden Axe Rare Card. They'll know what to do. That's www.k, as in kingdom, c as in conquest, and 2, the number 2, at sega.net. That's www.kc2 at sega.net. Yeah, it really is quite a uh, murderer's row of games and designs that they lined up there for that game. So hopefully that tickles your fancy if you're doing mobile games. All right, so let's talk about games in development. Uh, DayZ obviously got a ton of attention when it went on early access. We've talked about it some here because one of the things that they've been very, very, very vocal about, I can't stress this enough, you, you do not have room to complain if you try this because they have been crystal clear about the fact that this is early access to a game in development. They're looking for development help and they've already logged over 800. 175,000 purchases Holy of crap. standalone Daisy. It's yeah. half of how many downloads they had for the mod. Best game, and about, that's best game about a flower ever real. made. Yeah, Daisy. Yeah. Uh, that, uh, imagine what will happen after the guy who made it says doesn't say, don't buy this now. You know, that's <laughs> right. what they're saying is, don't get our game. Best, well, dude, best, he's been, it, and, that's, and that's they've been super crystal clear ever. about that. I mean, they've right. been saying don't buy it right now because it is it is very feature thin. I mean, in, in addition to being alpha, in addition to having you know, all those glitches, it's but, very feature thin because they're still at alpha. They're not even to beta. So alpha means they are still filling all of the content. But what's into the, the best game. way to make people do something that <laughs> like it's to tell, yeah, man. it's to tell them to not do it, right? Like. Don't don't you don't you bungee jump? Well, well okay. now I am. <laughs> it's pretty. It's am. pretty genius because I mean they're they're basically saying I mean they want people to play the game. They're just right. saying they're tempering it with hey, this is kind of behind the scenes like you know before right. you should really be playing it, and that makes I, a lot of us go oh yeah let's play that. I went on record you know the last couple of shows we did before the the new year saying that I, I'm just sort of not I'm not hip to this idea of play our game before it's done. I just, I just, I'm not into that. I don't, I, me personally as a gamer, I don't want to play it until it's done. I don't want to experience it until. Do it's, you put that into your sort of trailers bucket? Same yeah, thing. Yeah, exactly. It's, it's. I want to have the best possible experience the first time. <laughs> I want to preserve that. You, you never get a second chance to make a first impression. So that's that's a great point. I mean, one of the pieces that uh, was immediately brought up in the thread by longtime Shacker Tom W. Everyone, of course, on the Shack knows Tom. Uh, it says the first question was, "Will anyone still be playing this when it's finally released?" Right, and I think it's a really valid question. Immediately, p- people jump back in, like, "You know, this is Day Z. It's a new experience. Every time you play it, of course they'll be playing it. They'll be adding in new content. There'll be new ways to play it. It'll be emergent gameplay." I get all of those pieces, and for the core audience, yeah, absolutely. If you're if you become a fan of Day Z, if it becomes the right game for you, then yeah, you're going to keep playing it because of the lure of all those things. But for the Again, ordinary gamer person, how what is the what is the life cycle of the game? And if they come in early, how how likely are they to stay with it? Well, the the flip side of that coin is Dota, right? Absolutely. It's like, hey, the game's finally out, and it's like, yeah, it, we don't. It's no different, dude. Let's just yeah. keep keep on trucking, right, <laughs> keep right. on trucking. And um, having been there through the evolutionary process, you've you've sort of gained that very intimate knowledge of how the design evolved. So right. you really understand everything you're working with. And yeah. yeah, I mean, I think the same thing would be true here in DayZ as new pieces come in. You know, think about as they, you know, one of the things they've talked about they want to get into is this whole hunting and food <clears throat> cycle uh, element of having to be able to survive, right? So as those pieces come into the game, if you've learned them as they come on, right. then you're really going to be, you know, 
I've been tracking game for a long time. And there's a lot of people that like that stuff. There's a lot of people that are like, I want to be in the beta of the MMO and, find, you know, when they, you know, wipe this whole feature set out and start with a new yep. one, I want to relearn. People dig that. I, w- I wonder how much that informs design over the long haul. Because, oh, tremendously. Because you're, tremendously. Yeah, you're not, you're not making these systems and then play testing them in a vacuum and hoping you have them ready to go. You're actually building. So you could end up with stuff that is really a bit too intricate for somebody jumping in on on you know launch day, the real right. launch day right well it's a look it's a page from the mobile development playbook the the yeah. right way to develop a mobile game right now is to get it you know to a mid alpha stage and then put it out someplace right. and and let people start playing it and you may New Zealand point, or whatever yeah yeah sure. and then you know if you need more players or you want a different sort of player base move it around go to Ireland or or wherever right. and as you bring those people online and see what they're doing you know You've already said it's alpha, so you can make wholesale changes. You can say, you know what? We liked this design, but this is not the way players are encountering it. This is not what they're getting out of it, and it's not working for them. Well, I'm actually tempted because of that to drop the 30 bucks and go play it. Also, because it was a popular video that was circulating this week. Did you guys see it? The Gentleman Bandit? No. Oh, you really see? You really need to see it. This is, an, this is amazing. It's, there's the, it's the Gentleman Bandit in Daisy, and it's in the standalone version. And basically, this guy uh, who's experienced and has built up quite a bit of gear drops in by the airport. Uh, he, he finds uh, a new player in the, in the, like, uh, in the terminal building and, and confronts him to rob him. And I think if you've been around Daisy, you know that a lot of times these robberies are just basically someone comes up, you know, caps you, you're dead. And, and well, right. this guy isn't like this. He holds the guy up. <laughs> That holds him up at gunpoint right. and then walks through and it, it's just fascinating to watch because he holds him up has the guy put up his arms which there's a command for putting up your arms has the guy you know back up throw down his backpack the guy and then so the robber then comes over and then he backs him away and then the robber comes over and goes through his backpack takes his can opener because can opener is super valuable Very can useful. opener yeah. can opener lets you open canned goods and not lose any of the food that's inside the can because you opened it inefficiently but gives him his screwdriver because a screwdriver is a way to open a can, but it yeah. loses like 25% of the food inside. And and then basically leaves the guy. And there's a couple of tense moments. There's a couple of moments where the, and the guys, because of course you have voice chat in Daisy as well. Yeah. And so th- there's a couple of points. positional, so you can hear only when you're near. Yeah, it's cool. Right. So, so he's telling him, you know, hope. You know, you know, put your hands up, back up. Then there's one point where the guy is moving, but but he apparently isn't understanding where he's moving. And he's like, "You keep moving, buddy, and I'm going to blow you away." And he's like, "No, don't, don't, don't shoot me!" I'm like, "Wow, okay, this is crazy." And at the end, the guy who was being robbed, it, it says, "So, uh, hey, can I come with you?" <laughs> is this really- Stockholm syndrome can <laughs> yeah. set in so quickly these so days. So bizarre, right? right? But I mean, it makes awesome. sense. And, and I know, I mean, Stockholm syndrome sounds cool and all. I think it might even just be as simple like, look, in a game, if you find if you come across hey, another badass. player yeah. who's a badass, but B, also you now immediately know that this player plays the game in a responsible way. Yeah, right. You're like, yeah, I, I like that. But then you do have to sort of extend it and be like, well, you know. Yeah, if I was in the end of the world apocalypse and someone came to, I think I would want to go. I'd be like, hey, <laughs> dude, uh, yeah. There, no. there, there was an anecdotal story from that game from months ago <laughs> about a group of guys that were playing together that basically took some guy ho- like hostage, sort of. Yeah. And made the, like, they were like, okay, we're going to scout this new area, new dude, you know. Here, here's the crappiest thing that we have. Like, here's you go, an axe. You, yeah, you go in the door first. It's a you daisy frat. Yeah, it basically <laughs> is, right? It creates this weird social dynamic where, you know, people are creating their own little mini societies, even yeah. if it's only like three people. It's, it's going to be... New guy! Get in there! Is there zombies in there? Yeah. No, there's no zombies in here. All right, new guy. 
Uh, you're, you're doing good. It's, <laughs> That's right. Next building. <laughs> it is a hardcore social simulation. It's going to be a really crazy experiment to see what happens as that game builds. And I mean, I think that that's the big part of the appeal, right? This is why already 875,000 people on the standalone version. And because it's easy. Look, I mean, I've filled, filled around with the games, but after I read the whole FAQ of how to get the Steam version of Arma working with the download version of oh, Daisy, yeah. I was like, you know what? I could do this, but I'm not going to. I did it. And I had some fun with it. It's it's a really compelling. You and Danny played, right? We did, and Alex as well. Yeah, we we played for quite a while actually, and um, it, you know, it, it it's a it's a, such an, a different kind of experience because you, you know it's it really puts you in that headspace of really wanting to survive and feeling, uh, you know, think you'll go back in the. How, I I want to. I just don't want to play it before it's done. I I, okay. I want to have that. Well, I, I would. I'm willing to bet that at some point in time you get back into this. Oh, I'm sure I will. Because I think that I think that it, I think there's going to be a horizon that arrives where it's not quote unquote done. Yeah. But you're going to want back in because keep in mind they've already said that this alpha, the soonest it would get to beta, beta is the end of 2014. So what you're yeah. buying right now for 30 bucks is an alpha that's going to stretch for conceivably the next 11 months or so. Right. So, you know, it's yeah. not happening, you know, lickety split. Yeah. So we go from large scale, massively multiplayer to the other announcement that raised a bunch of uh, internet ire this week, which was Titanfall is only going to be 6v6. Massively 12 player. Oh my God! Throw in the towel. It's all over. I mean, the thing is- Xbox One sucks. 720p is terrible. <laughs> 30 frames per second and only six by six. Oh my God! Fuck you guys. <laughs> I wow, that was the most. A- I think that was accurate a- impersonation. <laughs> you guys missed of a- the internet. Yeah, I was just gonna say you missed. Uh, you missed Garnet using the air quotes. <laughs> yeah, you can, you can hear him though. You can yeah. Uh, it's just because I think it's the whole thing is so ridiculous. But I want to get you guys' take, and then we will move. Actually, I mean, we've have we all played Titanfall here yet? Or yeah, I have. Uh, I, think I have not played us, it. I have not. You, okay, not, but, I've only watched quite a lot of video on it, and I'm you know very. I I, on it. <laughs> I was gonna play it, but I had I was the seventh guy, and uh, no, I'm kidding. <laughs> I mean, the thing is, like everyone that has played it, you know, ever since E3, it's been six v six, right? Like, that right. like all the awards it's exactly. been picking up. And all the all no the critical went, acclaim. You didn't hear anybody go. How many people are in here? <laughs> well, and to I think I think the thing about Titanfall that's really interesting and the reason why it's so innovative is that there might be fewer human players, but there there's a lot of AI going on, and that that's sort of how they're justifying quote unquote the the cloud right in a. In Titanfall, right? Absolutely. Um, and, and and that's critical to what they're talking about. So uh, Respawn's Vince Impella tweeted out the uh, comment that got people crazy about it. And he said in that, turned out to be the best balance with AI for us. And that's when the internet panic ensued. Internet panic ensued because the designers of the game said, hey, we've been balancing this game and this is what works best for us. Yeah, I'm not, I, which is you got to kind of trust their instincts, right? It seems like they're making the game they want to make. You would think so. But I'm not as well as we've well established on this show. I'm not the biggest multiplayer shooter guy, which is why I think this will be appealing to you, right? Which, which is okay. why I'm su- super on board. However, you guys have a little more experience in that area than I do, and just like it more than I do. Uh, have you ever had an experience where having sixty-four people, thirty-two people, whatever it's been in your game, significantly increased your fun? 
I mean, I think a, yes. for a game like Planet Side Two, it's like it is sort of overwhelming, right? Uh, or even even Battlefield Four, I think, is really overwhelming at times, which is cool. That's sort of the appeal of it. But then you play something like Mag, right? Where <laughs> I played, I played Mag. I played Battlefield. I played all those games, and. I always end up being in my little corner of what's happening, and it it, it can get really intimidating. At Max, time, a right? great example. Resistances to Resistance Two Online right. was a is another great example because those games employed the squad mission systems, mm-hmm. and I think that speaks really to the heart of what's going on. Your question was, have you ever had an experience where having more people in the game made it better? My answer immediately was yes. And that comes with a huge qualification of when I was playing with either people I knew in the game I was invited to to play along with and be part of the team or on a very, very like 5% or less chance of finding one server where people were doing that naturally. But I don't think it's because it's bigger that it's, it's fun. It's uh, they accommodated. Yeah, they accommodated the design of having a lot of people. Yeah, well, because then things started working. Here's the here's the here's the bigger question, because. Look, Titanfall is going to be a huge audience game. And in a huge audience game, how often do you hop in and just get mayhem? Imagine the way Battlefield works. Most often, if you hop into random servers on Battlefield, there will be a few people who are trying to accomplish the... Yeah, who are trying to play the game. But most of them are running around looking for a good spot to, you know, get some kills while the people who are trying to play the game are trying to play the game. And, And chaos ensues. But that sort of works within Battlefield's game because Battlefield takes what was a just multiplayer game and adds a a bit of structure to it. It's a bit of structure layered on top of deathmatch. This is not trying to be deathmatch. This is trying to be a game that Titanfall. Yeah. You don't think it's trying to be. No, I don't. Oh, no, no, totally not. Yeah. I mean, uh, they, they have the AI out there to essentially replicate what a lot of like, you know, what the normals might, might play, right? So like you as a normal, if you're, if you're not really into the objectives, you know, if you, if you're really just trying to kill people, well, there's going to be a lot of AI out there that you can, you can, I think even more so than that, what the AI does is the AI gives the designer the ability to control the experience and let you have the story-like experience that was the original promise of those videos we saw of Titanfall. Remember, everyone was like, "Wow, this is gonna be amazing!" And then, what's multiplayer only? What do you mean it's multiplayer only? And and the thing is, like, when even when you play a multi, well, it's all multiplayer. But when you play, you don't necessarily feel like you're in a multiplayer match because there's a clear like ebb and flow to each 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 like ten minute battle. Right there, there there's a beginning, there's a middle, there's an end. Uh, and and the AI really does a good job of sort of directing you as an uh, as a player, right? Uh, regard like and it's it's subtle. It's not like you're you're like oh man, I'm being forced to go this way. But because the objective is changing and because the AI is moving towards that objective, it sort of teaches you as a player like oh well, this is what I have to do. And when you're when you're watching you know human and and AI players like running along the walls and like you know grappling and and jumping into titans like. You you do sort of start picking things up. It as intimidating of a game as it is conceptually, it becomes surprisingly easy to play because there's all these like subtle things that are sort of directing and guiding. And that's experience. what the AI can do. So so with an AI connected back through an online service that can that can be used to analyze data and understand player real player behaviors, I can now use the AI as a designer to encourage play behavior from the real players in the game play the game forward in in whatever the push towards the narrative is. So let me th- let me explain what I mean. Just take it on a basic level. I can I can as a designer now run a constant heat map and see where over the course of time on this map 
battles are mostly taking place. And then if I see things not going now, now I'm monitoring a real game. Now I'm, now I'm seeing a game being played and the game is sort of unraveling because players are just freelancing. They're not really doing what they should do. They're not feeling where they should need to go. Well, now I can tell my AI through that because keep in mind, it's connected back through the internet. I can tell my AI, okay, you know what? Here's where I want you to focus your attention. Or I can say, you know, within three, if, if five minutes into the game, Team A hasn't accomplished objective Y, then then start pushing more of the AI into accomplishing that objective. And eventually, look, you see people going that direction, or if you're the enemy, you see your opponent going that direction, you're going to start creating action nodes. You're going to start creating activity places. You're going to start like driving where the action in the game is taking place. This is all really cool stuff, but it's giving the designer through the ability to watch the metrics of what's happening in the game and being able to do it in real time, the ability for the AI to influence the experience that the real players get and give them an experience that feels like, hey, this is actually happening. This is the big difference between this and like Brink. Remember Brink? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And Brink had this same idea of, of well, it's going to be like this experience-based multiplayer game. But the problem was it didn't have that level of, of AI. It didn't have AI in the game. It didn't have right. AI to like move things along and make these ha- events happen the right way. The, the expectation the was... Way, the simple way to explain it is that you, you have a bunch of non-player characters... That, tour guides. That, that, exactly. That you can control. And, and in the Brink example, you're, at, you're trying to create natural uh, goals and, and uh, impetus for the actual players to sort of do the things you want. Right. And instead of trying to force humans to do something, it's, well, you've got all these non-humans, you can make them do whatever you want, and by the virtue of them doing something, it changes the situation on the field. And so the humans will have to react to that. And the players decide to go do those things. Right. And it's a, it, it just feels from it, even just thinking about it, like feels like a design that's just going to really click. I'm excited as hell. It's like, it's like the evolution of what they started doing with Left 4 Dead with the AI director, right? It's like the next, yes. the next sort of step in that direction where it's like, okay, now we're not just going to go, okay, we need more enemies here. We're going to make them go this way. It's, it's like, okay, this, we're actually going to influence how people are playing the game in a subtle enough way that we're not, force them down the court. And it's not just the enemy AI that's doing it. It's your teammates, your your squad mate AI AI that's doing that as well. So you're, you're, it's like having a a really cool team that knows what it's doing or knows what it wants. Right. And I think, uh, I think Polygon had an interview with uh, the Respawn guys about, oh, hey, 6v6, is it really uh, a big deal? And ultimately I think uh, they're like, well, in Titanfall, you can get killed from pretty much any direction because there's just so many points of entry uh you know people can freaking like you know climb walls and wall run and stuff like that so so the more you increase the player count the more likely it becomes that you get killed from behind you and that's ultimately not that satisfying like if 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 you keep on running out and you don't even see the guy that killed you like that could be really frustrating after a while right so so Uh, yeah uh so that that does play into it i mean i well I, I like games that are big, but I also love, you know, 1v1, like, you know, pistol matches, right? Like, as long as, as, long as the rules are... A duel at 10 paces. Yeah, I mean, there, there's, there's... Andrew Yoon. <laughs> there's, a, there's a lot of appeal to different kinds of multiplayer, and I think, I think people are so fixated on this bigger is better thing, but it really, like, it doesn't... Yeah. That's not necessarily the case, you know? I like the way uh, Shaq commenter Asian Waste put it. People are expecting, people were expecting COD Battlefield with robots and jetpacks, and it looks like it's not going to be this at all. I think people are mixing confusion with disappointment. So maybe, yeah. I just think people get so obsessed with numbers. 
Yeah, it's yeah. about experience. It's about well, and that's these the, guys. The, there you go. It's the confusion rather than disappointment. Yeah. So one, uh, there was no confusion about the disappointment over the last Aliens game. However, <laughs> we're already ready to be drawn right back into that world because the universally Sega, it, we should stop calling it the Sonic cycle. We should just call it the Sega cycle. The Sega cycle. Like, <laughs> we we forgive that publisher so often. <laughs> uh, also announced at CES, uh, Sega revealed that Creative Assembly. These are the, the design teams behind the Total War real time strategy games, which are awesome. Which are awesome, but have very little to do with survival horror. Well, there's that one where you're in Rome, and then those aliens uh-huh. come out. And, yeah. Oh no, I guess I'm. I've seen that one yeah. uh i think that was a uh, fx movie or something or a sci-fi <laughs> channel movie anyway uh they're going to make this game uh it's called alien isolation the idea the setup is really kind of cool the uh, the setup is that you're playing as ripley's daughter her name's amanda she's searching for clues to what happened to her mom it, uh, it takes place on this uh, remote trading station called sevastopol where for some reason, the flight recorder from the Nostromo turned up, which the Nostromo was the ship from the original Alien. And of course, you know, I don't know how they're going to make the uh, the thread work here. Given in canon, it's in canon. Ian Holmes' head, yeah. Also, uh, uh, in in canon, that. the Alien flew out into space. Doesn't matter. So, yeah. So, or but then then the ship had a bunch of aliens on it. Matter. So it's anyway, canon. regardless, there's going to be. So you're going to be on this trading station. Cool, dark, dingy. You get you can sort of immediately picture in your mind this sort of like. You know, something maybe out of uh, like Deep Space Nine world, right, very right. like very you know edge of the universe. But it's also kind of low tech. Low, yeah, yeah. And there's like an alien who's in like the dark shadows, the the you know the 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 worst wards of the trading place, starting to kill people. Nine feet tall. Yeah, gigantic. The, the classic, the classic alien, yeah. the big alien. Kind of cool. <laughs> uh, Alistair Hope, the creative lead of the Creative Assembly, said in announcing it that our alien is a truly terrifying creature. And as it's one, it's a singular it's alien. That's what I it's love the most about yeah. this. As intelligent as horror game. hostile, relentless, brutal, and unstoppable. This is the alien game fans of the series have always wanted. Have not heard that before. <laughs> yeah. No. That yeah maybe one. we should come up with some new uh, copy on, that, on the old <laughs> alien sell, selling points. Yes, yes. <laughs> it is, though. You're right. We, I mean, we all want to believe because it just seems like it's so rife for being done right. Mm-hmm. It's like it's like just waiting. Like somebody could do this right. However, I agree with what you guys talked about on DLC of so much of what made Alien, made alien work was the lingerie effect it's like what's I don't think bo- we use that phrase but yes but that's what i thought of what you know what i mean <laughs> yeah. though it's like it's it's what's alluded to it's, you don't you right. don't actually see the alien a lot you see all of the play all the actors who are reacting to right. their stress it's and like jaws and you know, fear jaws. Yeah, right. exactly jaws same thing their stress and fear how do you do that in a game right well that's I, a good, good I, I think i think you look to some of these survival horror games that have been coming out lately where they've completely eschewed combat for parkour or like running around slender man and i'm I'm not saying that this should be a yeah this should be a parkour game by any stretch but (laughs) i mean well that would be very in canon alien gymnastics (laughs) um no but i think i think it's it's one of those things where the less powerful you feel in game the the smaller your gun is or your tools or whatever even if you don't have any tools the more tension you inherently create if something's trying to kill you and that's where that whole sort of survival battle comes in. I think I think it's it's like the difference between Ridley Scott's Alien and James Cameron's, you know, more military action movie right, style right. of so I love this idea if the execution lives up to the promise because I I mean I've I want a game where I'm trying to outsmart it. 
you know, I where I where I'm going through the entire game trying to figure out ways to be smarter than the alien. And I hope what it doesn't come down to is there's the alien and it's rifling through some stuff. And how do I, (laughs) how do I searching through the file cabinet? Exactly. How do I stealth (laughs) through this hallway? I don't really want that. You got a dollar. You got a dollar, buddy. (laughs) (laughs) Change. Change. Uh, What I I wanted to be like, you know, I want to be piecing together clues as to where I can find the alien. I want to be, I want to be thinking. I, I want this to be a thinking man's game. I think that would be so fun. And the challenge, I think, comes down to this for Creative Assembly. They're being tasked with creating a big-time game, and big-time games need a core game mechanic. Yeah. And that's tough. It's really tough to make a core game mechanic. I think that they... Getting eaten by an alien is the core mechanic. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, and and, and based off what they're setting up here, the core game mechanic to be successful in this can't be, I'm a first-person shooter. Right. It can't be there's a crosshair in front of you and you're clicking or pushing the button to put bullets into the crosshair. Well, don't That's you think not that, going to achieve what they're trying to get? Don't here. you think that just on the on the face of it, it can't be that if there's if they're putting their money where their mouth is I and do. saying there's one alien in this game, I do. It can't be a shooty shooty bang bang because well, no, don't say that. It could because you don't know what babies are well or what sort of factions are there oh, inside people. the space exactly. Oh, it's, well, you know, there's Paul the, Reiser. You know, the, Paul Reiser. Yeah, he's like, there, there's always the one scientist that's like, oh, no, we have to militarize this and use it as a weapon back on Earth. <sighs> I, no, don't no. you know? I mean, you, of course, you know that storyline is going to be in there. Yeah. yeah. You know, come on. Of course, they're going to show up and there's going to be like, there's going to be troops that want to like go find it and study it and uh, weaponize it, yada, yada, yada. Yep. No. Yeah. Leave me alone on the al- with the alien you and know, I got to just freaking figure it out. I got to outsmart and it. And gangs, of course, it's, look, it's a, it's a far flung trading station. It's run down. There's going to be gangs and like mob war and all that kind of stuff. I mean, I, I do want it to be more like, uh, you know, amnesia than, uh, yeah. than actually, than like Resident Evil Nemesis. Right. right. Yeah. I'd love to play that game as the alien. Well, you have to, like, if there's one alien, you just want to eat. Uh, oh, uh, 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 a game where you're the alien that's being hunted by all the humans. By all the humans, yeah. and you have to basically, you know, make your way around this base and chomp people. And well, and there was the them. multiplayer game. Well, yeah, that's true. But I mean, to have you, you want a story based game? Yeah, like yeah. I mean, I just think it'd be alien isolation. If you're dealing with one alien, that would be an interesting way to go with it. But I don't know. <laughs> man, it's, you should you should I pitch like, that. I I, I, I like I, the I, the idea of the title being Alien Isolation, and you're like the little alien who's isolated. Nobody understands me. <laughs> I just my, <sighs> it's not my fault. My blood is acid. <laughs> <laughs> All right, stick around. We'll see if you can understand the uh, second half of this 199th weekend confirmed when we come back. Doghouse Systems launching their new and improved website at the end of this month. Launching their limited special edition systems. High-end powerful gaming computers. Best performance for value. Gorgeous graphics. High resolution ironclad stability and zero frame lag. Everything from lightweight laptops to robust desktops. Superior and personal customer service. Use code TGIF for a free weekend confirmed t-shirt and a $30 credit on SlashLoot.com. Go to www.doghousesystems.com to see which system fits your needs today. That was pretty fun. <laughs> hey, if you're looking for a computer to play that Daisy standalone, you could do no better than a doghouse system. Jeff and I both love our systems very much, as you can tell from us having fun with the uh, read there. <laughs> These are great guys. Make a great product. We both endorse them. Indeed. So there you go. You know the deal. Go to www.doghousesystems.com to check out their systems. You can use code TGIF for that free weekend confirmed t-shirt and your $30 credit on Slash Loot. And of course, they have that new website that'll be launching here anytime. So enjoy it. Check it out. Yeah. New computers too. 
new computers. I'm not ready quite yet, but uh, I, I, you never know. Sometime soonish. Nah, be the guys. I'm probably I'll probably be this fall for a new one, but they will definitely be. I'll definitely be going back to them. So there you go. Doghousedsystems.com. Show nine, show number one ninety nine, where we took the leash off and just said, "Well, let's, let's just go nuts." Exactly. Let's have some fun. Uh, so, speaking of fun, Jeff is working ten hour days, oh, memorizing yes. lines in preparation. I told him you should have a handheld game system with you. Spicer would agree. You yeah, can take your choice. I have not yet finished Tearaway. I'm very close to the end, but um, and where do you rank? I, it? I haven't started. I you know I did get good. it. So fun. It's a charming, wonderful game. I have, much to my surprise, been playing a tremendous amount of handheld games. Yeah, uh, you're like Mr. Handheld right now, I'm right? still doing 999, so I'm in my third play now, and I'm close to the end. I will admit to this on, on 999. I decided, uh, I started my third play, and I wasn't yet in my head exactly clear where the... So if you haven't played 999, every time you go back through the store, you have to go through it several times, and every time you go back through, there's divert, you know, there are points where the... You, you're selecting how you're going to get to the end. And I wasn't really clear on which ones were getting me to which points. And I said to myself, self, at some point in time, your, you know, your willingness to keep coming back to this game is going to evaporate. So I went to a FAQ mm-hmm. to just see, not to see what happened, but just to see what you should choose the, the flow chart. Yeah. Right. And so I had to start my third playthrough over because I had already made a mistake that was going to dead end me into one of the, choices because you can wind up at the same endings through different paths right so i was going to wind up at the only way i was going to wind up at a new ending was by having made a different decision earlier on in the game i'm like okay well i'm glad i did that now mm-hmm. because now i'll get through the so i still need to play it at least twice more and are you going to oh yeah oh absolutely because it is fantastic it is really 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 good and every time you know, the second time playing it was very cool because new things happen and the third time playing it is is now like the meta game is starting to build in because you know where things are going and you know what things are going to happen, and yet you sort of get this understanding of of how uh, of where the players are. Like I'm already starting to decide. Like it's it's taken me to the point where my imagination is now working like it does when you're watching a murder mystery, hmm. and you're starting to think of like, so which one of these people has what motivations, and who might be doing what? And I think you're supposed to start doing that earlier, but it's really kicking into high gear for me now because I've seen different permutations of what happens. And I'm cool. thinking, okay, well, how else is going? I think that also, having had that out, led me to start playing the Bravely Default demo, which if you don't know about that, it's on your 3DS. It's free on the eShop. We talked about it right before the break. It's a pretty cool idea that they did where the demo is not part of the game. Yeah, I love that. I love the idea of it. I agree with the fans. Uh, There's been a couple of YouTube videos about this also. The execution leaves some pretty big areas to be desired for instance one of the things is that where it puts you in the game's progression line you start off you are you know you're no levels because it's going to teach you the game but then you walk out the door and there are monsters outside that can one hit you with a spell Mm -hmm. and kill party members and you're not really prepared for that and that's not really a very good demo experience um the other side that's drawn a lot of ire is that the game the demo is simply a hub town with quest givers. Hey, go kill this. Hey, can you bring me back some of these? You know, mm-hmm. it's very it's very MMO like. To be honest, it's very Hey, I need you to bring me back five widgets and right. you know that by killing monsters A, B or C you get those widgets. And so you go out and you hack it, hack it, hack it and you get those widgets and you bring them back and everyone's happy. Yay. Right. Now go get 10 more widgets. 
Get some who's-its. Get some who's-its. I actually don't think that that's necessarily a bad idea because the purpose of the demo for me in this game was just to check out the combat system, mm-hmm. see the way the game looks and how I interact and feel with it. And and I I trust that based off of the sort of game it is and what they promised that the story game, that the main game, that 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 I don't want the, I don't want that ruined. And I think they could have had an opportunity to maybe lay the groundwork to do a prologue or, or something mm-hmm. like that. But for getting the key pieces of the demo down, they did a great job. And it's a really cool system. The the system, this really does, I understand now why people said this is Final Fantasy. Because it really does feel like an old Final Fantasy in in the way you're, it looks, it's got a job system. Mm-hmm. And you know, if you're familiar with the job system, you let your players take on the role that you want them to, black mage, white mage, uh, sword master, etc., and then equip them with the appropriate equipment and gear to level up in that gear. You know, obviously, your sword master, you need a sword, white mage, you need a staff, etc., that kind of thing. And, and I love that. The job system really is one of the best Final Fantasy systems that's been created. And it is universally loved because of that. So that's really cool. The combat, their little twist on the battle system is the brave and default system. And so the way it works is that you can tell your player, any of your characters, you have four in the, in the combat anytime, you can tell them to default for a turn. And when they default for a turn, it's essentially guard. But in addition to guard, they bank an action turn. And then you can cash in those action turns by using your brave mm-hmm. in a future round. Okay. And you, cool. can bank the de- you can bank the defaults as much as you want to. So you could bank two or three defaults, and then you could bang off all – you can go brave, 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 and in one turn have five actions. You can, that could be five attacks. And, <laughs> and it's really, really clear the way it works. So you, know, you have your pop-up screen for your player's uh, action selection. And when you click brave – just another one spawns underneath it and as you and then you can do action and when it goes away you have your next screen ready to go and you action you know attack so you could be like attack cast a spell cast a spell cast a cast a buff attack attack cast a buff cast a heal attack whatever if you've banked enough of the uh, defaults to build yourself up so i think that once you get into the main game and have you know a, a place where you've built up characters and you've gotten into an increasingly difficult scenarios in, in combat, that's going to be a really cool tactical option for how you mix and match the way you want to play. And because with four characters, you have one character who maybe is like constantly just keeping up attacks to do whatever. You know. So maybe there's an enemy in your face where you need to keep them under constant attack to keep them harried, or you need to keep your buffs up. So you have one player doing that, but you can have another character who's just sitting there banking up the defaults so that they can lay a big attack you know, four or five turns down the road. That is a really cool system. I think it's a really, really cool system. I like hmm. that a lot. Sounds neat. The look of the game is really fantastic. I would say that the art, um, you know, we did get slightly toned down for North America. Andrew had a story on Shaq about how they had clothed the uh, characters a little more additionally. Actually, that was Steve. <laughs> was it Steve who did that? I, I, I don't care about that stuff. But they should undress them more. I, it's clearly because, so in Japan, they have like a, a 15 rating, which we don't really have uh, here in the states. We only have a T or M rated. So if it's uh, if it's on that 15 line, they sort of have to like do things in order to bring it down. 15 to 15 is like you can see areola. Fourteen year olds, that's way too racy yeah. for them. Fifteen year olds, you kind of. I, I mean, I, I mean, guys, I know the name is Final Fantasy, but come on, that's <laughs> yeah. just like I can't say that I'm disappointed that they made the change because having seen the Japanese, like I don't need 15 year old girls in string bikinis fighting yeah, ever. No one does yeah. ever, that's, ever. 
Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, I really like it. I think that I think this game holds a tremendous amount of potential, and and the art looks fantastic. The 3D even looks good. And you know, I'm not a big fan of 3D on the 3DS. The 3D, uh, especially in the town stage, is really cool. It has a it has a uh, it almost feels like Puppeteer. Mm-hmm. You know, do you check out Puppeteer? And especially if you checked out Puppeteer in 3D, it has that same sort of uh, look and feel to it. And the art's really, I think, I think this game, as much as people have been pointing to it, could be a sleeper because it's it's something that that the core RPG fans are pointing to, but I don't know how much recognition it has outside of that. Like I, how many mm-hmm. millions and millions of 3DS users know about it. And I think that it's something that could capture the imagination and bust out of just the, just out of that core audience. Yeah. Also makes me want an XL. Are you, have you I can't play on that little screen. I, I don't know what the, the hell screen. It's the, it's holding it. It's the little screen. It's the buttons. In no, the, you know what? Because I'm playing in my hand. That's my because problem. I have a, I have a XL DS. And so I'm playing 999 on my XL. Oh, so you're going back and forth. And then I go to that Brave. just accentu- accentuates the problem. And, and I look at the screen, and and especially because this is I mean, it's a role playing game. So there's a lot of text, and the text on the screen is really teeny. And then the the characters are small, and I'm like, man, I just <laughs> just that third, you know, thirty percent bigger or whatever it is would make such a difference. And I'm just yeah, I'm so frustrated about it. And everyone's out there yelling, well, just go get one, Garnet, just go get one. Yeah. Well, yeah, I mean, if money grew on trees, I'd just go buy one. <clears throat> and I looked at and, and now here's the other problem is I am kind of, sort of silly. It's like the uh, the Luigi, Mario and Luigi special has been on sale at, at Walmart Dude, have again. Have you played um, A Link Between Worlds yet? Mr. Handheld Gaming? You got to get on that, bro. Dude, I even I, I don't have a handheld and I know that that's I the know. game to play right oh, now. It's so good. I'm just going to buy an XL, but I want a blue one. Okay. Well, I need them to put the blue one back. I need I need someone to put the blue one on sale online because I didn't go. To, I I fully admit, fully cop to being a lazy bastard who did not go to Target and stand in line for the hundred fifty dollar deal because I just didn't want to go to Target and deal with it. Right. I'm like, you know what I want to do is I want to I want to select it on uh, on an online site and click yes, send this and to have me. Have the drone deliver it to your house. I do. That's right. I yeah. do because all that time of going to the mall and parking and then standing in line and waiting all that that's all valuable gaming time indeed that is valuable gaming time that I need in order to play other games <laughs> so I'll rather not play anything than waste that gaming time dude I have plenty to play uh, it's true I have plenty to play I'm actually also you'll be happy to know so Bravely Default you should check it out on your DSX uh, 3DS whether it's XL or not, it's on the Nintendo eShop. It is a free download, and it will have elements that carry over to the main game. You can friend pass, or a street pass. I'm sorry, you can street pass to acquire friends in your game who will help you rebuild your town, which is cool. There's a town building uh, element to it, so where you're... like building the shops, so to say. So you're like, you know, oh, I need to build a mage shop. Oh, I need to build a sword shop. I need to build the armor shop. And mm-hmm. you have you you have your a person, and it might take them two hours. But as you build new people through street passing, you, they can help you with laboring around your buildings, and so that's cool. And some of that stuff will carry over. Your levels will not carry over. So, but there is good carryover. So it's I think this is like the way of the future, with especially with the wave of the future. Yes, In I think this way? could be the wave of the future. Imagine games on every console, especially your home consoles. Now that we have, you know, the, the assumption is that you're cloud connected mm-hmm. and, and we have hard drives once again in both machines. Yep. So this would be an ideal opportunity for a game like, you know, look, I love Dishonored. I thought Dishonored was a great game. I don't know how well it achieved connection with all the players it could have. Or I think about a game like, let's think forward. How about a game like Thief? Thief 3. Thief has this great legacy, right? Mm-hmm. But not everyone's going to know it. Not everyone's going to have that background to it. Oh, you're saying the demo as as 
new game. Yeah, I think I, this, and I think especially I think it's the wave of the future because I think it's not going to happen. I don't but think I, it's going to happen either. I think it would be awesome. I think it would be so awesome. It would be, and you know what? Just just an hour micro experience, maybe yeah. two. And I realize you know the producer for a game is going to sit out there and look at the resources required right. to create that experience right. and say, "Wow, you know this is this is time." And bandwidth that could go into our core game. And we're already looking at having to cut, you know, we're already cutting this part of the game and this part of this game and this part of the game from the main experience. And that's going to make the narrative hard enough. And you want me to go make this part for free? Well, yeah, I mean, you you need people to look at that and go, look, these are the assets we have. How let's do minimal extra work, but create an experience. Like, I don't think it can be minimal, though. I think that's the thing is it needs to be a real experience. Stanley Parable, indie game, just recently did that. The demo is called you know it's the stanley parable demo but completely different from the it's not a slice of the single player full experience it is a full-on it makes reference to itself as a demo and it's Mm -hmm. you know and it gives you flavor for the experience (laughs) and they clearly reuse assets and stuff but it's you don't have yeah i mean okay i see what you're saying yeah there would be some assets but i mean you need you know new locations and maybe in say's a thief it is a different era it's a setup you know but it I think that that would be a really, really powerful way to both demonstrate. Here, hey, here's our, and you, you need to make it the game systems. You need the core mechanics to be the same, the interface to be the same, the experience, you know, like uh, how I play the game with my hands to be the same. But the narrative piece, just entirely on its own, something that really draws people in and makes them say when they come away with it, oh, that was really cool. I want more of that. I agree. I think that'd yeah. be awesome. I, I would love that. I th- um, no, I think, I think that's really I cool. I think it's going to happen. <laughs> I, I don't think it's going to happen, but I think that there's an opportunity for someone to really mm-hmm. plumb that and be successful with it. As as you were saying, it, it, in the indie space, it feels like these guys can take bigger risks, and 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 you know, uh, one dude toiling away could like make a little chunk of a level that's not going to be in the main game. Well, sure, know? and making a prologue to an RPG is admittedly way more complex. Yeah, you know, just from a technical perspective than making a prologue to Stanley Parable, even if because it's all narrative driven and it's you know you're just walking around and basic interaction with stuff. It's not like you have to do a whole lot of quest generation or whatever. It's just, you write the script and you give them a few things to interact with, but yeah, I am slowly getting the hang of rogue legacy too. Good. I'm glad you didn't give up. I'm not, it's not something to give up on. I I don't know that I will ever have quite the gushing love Mm -hmm. for it that you have. Cause there are certainly just spots where I just feel like it randomly rolled up the most insanely, but that's okay. It is. But you're right, but it's okay. Yeah. And now that I'm just now, I sort of I sort of use it as my. I think I talked about this before. As like my, I'm cooking dinner game. Yeah. So I walk over and just put turn it on, and I'll play like a couple of you know, Lancelot the Seventeenth or there whatever. You go. And I've gotten so many people on Twitter telling me that they took the plunge and bought the game when it was like, you know, three dollars or whatever on Steam, mm-hmm. and they're well, like, oh, I love it. it. I love it. I've just lost thirty hours of my life, and I'm like, hey. Yeah, no, yeah. it's it's it it's is awesome. It is an excellent piece of game design. Mm-hmm. I mean, and and I'm kind of on Garnett's side where uh, like it. When I'm playing it, I'm enjoying the hell out of it, and I love what it does from a design perspective, and and mechanically, it's very tight. But it 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 doesn't trigger the same sort of pleasure that I get from a lot of other mm. experiences, and I think that just may be the, you know, sometimes very very small bite sized chunks of gameplay that are all stitched together yeah. uh, uh i mean it was the game really for me in 2013 where tell me if you guys have had similar experiences where you are contriving reasons to slip away for 15 minutes and turn on your computer play. you know like yeah. 
well, maybe my girlfriend needs to go to the store. Yeah, go, honey, sure. You want to shop for? I'll just stay here and and you know, like contriving reasons to get just. Yes. Maybe I can spend a half an hour on that. Oh, maybe I'll get home early from that thing, and I don't have to go to the other thing. And I can just play for an hour. That was that kind of experience. And I've been doing a lot of that lately, like a lot of very bite-sized gaming chunks. And that's one of the few games that actually work. I, I can't even count the number of times in the last month that I've like turned something on, got through a cutscene, and then I'm like, oh fuck, I gotta go. Right? Like, yeah, I can't. Like, just, yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, all right. So, so what have you been turning on? Uh, I've been actually. I, just finished Arkham Origins. Uh, I've been playing the PC version of Castlevania, uh, Lord of Sh- Lords of Shadow. I saw you on Steam doing that. Um, what 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 sparked that? Well, I played a bit of it on 360, and it was. I mean, the Steam sale had it ridiculously cheap, so that's why I, that's why I picked it up, and it has all the bonus single player content and all that junk in it. Um, it is it's showing its age a little bit now, but it is a very very beautiful game. Um, that you know, if you if you want a good, you know action beat them up along the lines of you know god of war or, or whatever it's it's not as necessarily good as those games because there's a lot more of the invisible wall syndrome and you know the art sort of takes precedence over functionality of gameplay sometimes and the camera's a little weird but it's it's i'm having a lot of fun with it there's a really robust move set you can unlock um and you know it's it's a pretty sizable experience too and you know high production values but again like i said some of the character models don't look quite as great as what we're seeing now but that makes sense it's, it's an older game uh and uh a couple of uh, ios things i've been playing I've been playing I w- republic or republic i republic. wish i wish i could say definitively which our friend ryan where my very good friend ryan payton's game finally out for the backers and for everyone actually yes. for everyone yes and per- they are doing a they're doing the telltale idea of buy the you know buy yep. the uh, season pass season deal. pass that's yeah. what i was trying to think of yes. yeah yeah it's yeah so it's episodic um i don't know if it's the official pronunciation is uh republic or republic because even characters in game sort of interchange the pronunciation like voiceover you'll hear somebody mm-hmm. use the rather french pronunciation anyway neither here nor there it's a really good uh premium sort of iPad titles. It sort of feels the most like a fully developed AAA thing that you can get on that system. Uh, it's a stealth-based game, so if you're sort of allergic to stealth gameplay, it may not bring you around there. But but the the, the hook of it is, I've heard that if you don't like stealth games, it's probably because you're not good at them. That's what I heard. <laughs> I heard that somewhere. That, I think you could say that about anything in life. Right? <laughs> Raises my hand. <laughs> so so the 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 thing that makes it so compelling to me is because you're you're not playing the actual char- the main character on screen. You're playing some you know disembodied guy who's uh, basically a hacker who's going through all these cam- controlling all the cameras in the room and and sort of giving her hints as to when to move and where to move and and you're looking for hidden things in the environment that sort of flesh out the story and stuff and so. Um, you know, it handles uh, failure in a really interesting way. Like if you get caught or by, by the guards as you're sneaking around, they throw you into a holding cell. And then, you know, that's sort of like a reset point for, okay, now you can break out of the holding cell and resume your, your sneaking around. Um, you know, fairly interesting story so far. It's a, you know, like a, a you know, a pressure, it's political and there's, you know, you know, an oppressive side and a rebellious side and they're, sort of at war with each other and you're kind of trapped in this facility in episode one trying to escape are they fighting over the pronunciation of republic they might very well be <laughs> yeah, I think that's yeah yeah she's just kind of caught in the middle she's, yeah. you know, she's like i don't know how to pronounce uh, it. i don't know how to say it 
But, How um, natural did the contextual responses feel to you? So one of the things that they were really working... So you know, the big deal about this game is that you're not directly controlling the right. player character, which is an odd thing. And so they had to go to great lengths. You know, there's something Ryan and I talked about uh, several times when he was visiting and talking about the game is, is how they had to build these systems in for the character to be aware of so many things within the environment and then react and respond appropriately. So for instance, if she has a stun gun in her hand right. and gets detected, she has to be ready to use any of the different moves that would respond with a stun gun as opposed to if she doesn't have that or has, you know, a different device in her hand. Yeah. I, I, I think, well, there's like a, there's like a, uh, I think it's pepper spray or something. Yeah, she, pepper spray. She, she, yeah. she gets yeah, and and the way that that tends to work is it's sort of like a get out of jail free card. Like if you get caught, so if you have if you're carrying one of those in your inventory and you run into a guard, she'll automatically whip it out, spray the dude in the face, and then you can sort of sneak away and hide. But it's it it is very there is a lot of context sensitive, like you're saying, things that she does based on where you're moving. Now now you aren't directly controlling her, but you are sort of going. Okay, I want you to go over here and hide behind this pillar. So it's, it's a little real time strategy, it's like an like, RTS, or or maybe Mass Effect ish. Yeah, yeah, kind of that tactical sort of. So you never they do a good job of conveying the fact that you are not this character; you are somebody else, and, and a lot of that has to do with the fact that you, although you're moving her around, you're like you go into a room and you're like, okay, I can see a couple cameras over there. There's another camera in that room over there, and you can if you're close enough to them, if she's close enough to them, you can just tap on a camera, and it does this really cool effect where it you know zaps you into that perspective. Um, gives you a different <laughs> angle on the room and stuff, and 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 it's it's a fun sort of you know slower paced, but but I find it rewarding. I love looking around and finding things in the environment, little you know secrets. Yeah, and, sort of, I guess the question was with so much of that stuff then seeming to be actions that the character takes that in a customary game you would expect. In a typical game, you expect, oh, this is something I would be controlling, but right. now you're not controlling it. Does, how satisfying does it still feel in the context of playing the game? It feels it feels satisfying, but it definitely feels more of a more like a tactical satisfaction than a you know I'm in the moment and I'm like I barely just got around this corner to you know there are tense moments like that, but it's not as immediate. It's more like okay, I am I am this master hacker who is trying to get this lady out of here, and and the satisfaction that you get is figuring out you know where the guards are patrolling and like how to get around their patrol paths and what you have to hack and what you can and can't. Is it, does it feel a little bit like gunpoint? Um, it's, it's, I mean, Not really. it, there will, I mean, there it's, it's similar. There's, there's a lot. That, I love no, that game. Action. Yeah. The gunpoint's awesome. There's the action <laughs> in Republic is, is not as, cause you know, the, the gunpoint has that puzzle element where you're rewiring mm-hmm, stuff yeah. and doing all that. But it also has that sort of action thing where once you've got things rewired, sometimes you have to, I got to jump up here before this guy turns around and right. jump. And so it doesn't really have that as much. It's very much much like think about your move, wait for the right opening, and, you know, send her on her way. And then, you know, while you're exploring the facility. And right. it's it's not, I don't think, as intricate or complex of a puzzle game as Gunpoint is. But for the iOS device, it's kind of perfect. Like, I don't know that I'd want to be... Yeah, getting that minutia related right. with the rewiring and stuff. But yeah, it's it works. It's it's some very basic systems that are all kind of woven ele- elegantly together. And um, I'd really recommend checking it out if it looks like it's of interest to you and you like stealth stuff. Uh, it's pretty cool. It's pretty Sweet. cool. Anything else you've been playing? That's a, I mean, on the uh, iOS tip. Uh, have you had any other good games there? I have a couple. I have one more. Um, 
I've been playing Movie Cat 2. What is that? Which is sequel to Movie Cat, obviously. Clear, obviously. Clearly. Come on. Yes. Clearly. Um, yes, Movie Cat 2 is a movie trivia game uh, that is a sequel to Movie Cat. And it is, uh, they have a whole bunch of different, you know, question types. So sometimes you're matching the, you know, the actor to the movie that they starred in. in a it's li- all cat in, movies? In a list. No, no, no. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, it's exact. Milo and Otis. Who was Otis? <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so <laughs> that's really the only question in the game yeah yeah so um but anyway it's yeah it's a movie trivia game they have a lot of really cool ways of you know presenting the content there's a thousand questions um i'm a pretty big movie buff and i have i have had rounds where i go through and i'm like well that was easy and then i have rounds where i'm like oh man i can't you know they, they do a cute thing where you get like nine lives and depending on what difficulty you play on you lose a certain number of lives if you screw up and mm-hmm. you know you got to get through five rounds and then at the end they have this bonus cat scene round where it's basically oh all the art in the game is so they're, they're so they're doing stuff like what three costumes or did this is are these what movie are these three costumes from mm-hmm. or uh you know a picture of like two items like a sun <laughs> sunglasses and the statue from risky business and you're oh, like right. oh that's risky so okay. it, some some visuals some ver- <clears throat> some uh you know, textual questions and stuff, but it's, it's fun. It's a good time killer. It's, yeah. you know, a uh, couple bucks. So it's, it's, you know, if you like movie trivia, it's a, it's a worth your two bucks. I like it. It's like, what, what, the arts what, co- what movie are these three costumes from? It's like jeans, a t-shirt. Oh yeah. Some of them are <laughs> back no, to the future. Yeah. <laughs> 1.21 gigawatts. Uh, but yeah, it's, it's, it's fun. It's a trivia game. It's, yeah. you know, don't expect more. They, they do a lot of cute stuff with the art. So it's like, you know, you'll fire it up and there'll be a cat that's dressed up like the Joker or the cat that's dressed up like, you know, the Big Lebowski or mm-hmm. cat, you know, some. Anyway. I got this game uh, from Adult Swim called Castle Doombad. Yeah. <laughs> Which, by the way, the, <laughs> name is, awesome. the name is awesome. The game is, I'm, first of all, I'm surprised to see them try the premium waters. It's three bucks. Mm-hmm. It's really, and it still has microtransactions. And I, I think this is sort of uh, where things are headed. You've seen... Uh, uh, who just did their game like that? Uh, Colossatron. Mm. Oh, yeah. Which yeah, is yeah. Jetpack Joyride Games, which oh. is Half Brick, just launched like that. It's 99 cents, but still has uh, in game transactions. Oh, good. Yeah. So, I, you know, I'm not, I'm not overly fond of that. This game does give you a lot, though. You don't need to, you, I, I'm not feeling any need to purchase anything in it. Simple, simple game setup that I think works really, really well. Castle Doom Bad, you can imagine what the art and all that kind of stuff looks like. It is a cross between uh, Plants vs. Zombie. <clears throat> and dungeon keeper so basically wow yeah so basically it's a multi-level castle tower with the princess at the top and yes it does look like a kind of bastardized version of the princess peach it's kind of sad Mm. but funny and the attackers will come in waves to try and make it to princess peach through a 2d castle level Mm. to level to level sometimes they come in on different levels through ramps and so forth and you place traps in their ways and minions in their way to defeat them. That's the whole game. Mm-hmm. And and you collect and the and the currency you collect are screams. Oh, that's cool. <laughs> screams. By, right, because you're scaring yes. them so badly. You're scaring yeah. the princess so badly, number one, that she screams, and then, you know, when you get a particularly gruesome kill, then the uh, enemies that are attacking, they scream. You, so so it's, that's much like the sun drops out. It, yeah. it really is, like, it's really borrowing from two great games. It, hmm. it, it's absolutely Plants vs. Zombies, with the zombies attacking you, collecting the screams instead of the sun drops off of them. And then... It's a tower the, defense game. <laughs> ex- instead of placing towers, you're inside a tower. Ha, 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 ha. 
hey oh and if you miss dungeon keeper as much as i do i mean dungeon keeper was such a fun game oh yeah, oh, yeah. that, that game yeah was i don't so know why there isn't a modern genius. version of this. hello yeah yeah i mean i guess it'd be a hard sell but like i don't Maybe. know why it's a great game man i adored playing that game so much dungeon keeper 2 despite mm-hmm. being somewhat buggy with another one of those those were like that was still the the you know bullfrog in its in its yeah. heyday, well, and they've tried to do a couple things like that with like what was it, Evil Genius or oh, Evil Genius was really good too. Yeah, I enjoyed yeah, that I quite a bit. That. It's oh, it was really fun. Yeah, 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 yeah I mean, it was really good too. But yeah, I want me some Dungeon Keeper again. I would, I would definitely go for a, any of those games. I love all those sort of. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, they're still sim like games, but there's sim like games where you actually now have a purpose because you're under right. attack. Yeah, which yeah. is and it, it makes a really great deal. So anyway, uh, yeah, Castle Doom Bad's two ninety nine. Um, there you go. It felt like, well, like a finishing move, but it's not because we still have a segment <laughs> going. So when we come back on the other side, we will talk about the uh, PlayStation Now. Andrew was at CES, got to uh, get some hands-on time. If you're excited about that, and then we'll have uh, some other games. Jeff hasn't really been playing anything, but we'll you know busy, busy. Yeah, busy, busy. Andrew's probably been playing something. You've been playing something. Ah, uh, SingStar. <laughs> SingStar. <laughs> yeah, I I got back into it. So really. Trying to get all the trophies because that's the kind of person I am. Oh, and and uh, Doki Doki Universe. Uh, that's Rad. a r- rather unique thing. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, maybe maybe I'll talk a little bit about the thirteen too because I'm now really really deep into it and and quite enjoying it as we get ready for Lightning's return. I could talk more about Knack and Forza. That's basically what I'm thinking. Nobody wants that, to hear that, dude. What you've been playing is is actually yeah. what you've been playing, not what you've fabricated into like some story. Anyway, <laughs> we'll be well, back. I've been playing the kite game. No, the no. kite game. The kite game. Guys, we'll find you something to play during the Fabricating break. a story. <laughs> Stick around. We'll be right back. I've been staring out my window, out my dirty Love that track. That's uh, Michael Gray featuring Danielle Senior Chasing Shadows, the Electronic Youth Dirty Remix. It's up on uh, Track Source. One day I'll do a Track Source affiliate program thing or something. Yeah. I should do that. Do it. Yeah. One day. Sure. One day when I uh, also start my house music slash uh, <laughs> trance music podcast. Don't, don't laugh. It may actually happen since <laughs> I'll have plenty of free time on my hands soon enough. Uh, anyway, so... Amazingly enough, predictions, PlayStation Now, and honestly, folks, I did not have inside information on this one at all. I will tell you, the the only quote-unquote information I had was my brain thinking, you know, if you're Sony and you spent the amount of money you spent to get Gaikai, and it's such a valuable potential play for you. And Gaikai, we already knew from having seen online and Gaikai <laughs> that Gaikai was a very strong positioned in the space, really had great technology, had very much matured what they were doing quietly as opposed to on lives in your face, uh, you know, consumer facing stuff that it just, it just made a ton of sense for them to be ready to strike. I didn't realize this would be quite so fast. I mean, gosh, they're really on top of it. Beta, beta starting this month. 
And actually, uh, codes are already out there for oh, really? for some people. Yeah. Wow. Uh, if, if you know anyone that works at Sony Entertainment, you should hit them up. They have codes to give away. Right. I want a code. Yeah. Oh, I don't. Up? I don't have one myself either. I, you I don't but work I, at Sony. So. But yeah, but like people that work at Sony have been beta testing it. So, so let's cut straight to the chase. What people really want to know is, Andrew, what did you think? What did you play? How was it? Uh so I uh, played God of War Ascension on Vita. Uh, I thought. So even even on the Vita, I could notice like, uh, yeah, I, I could tell it's not running natively. Uh, it seems to have like a little bit of artifacting. But I mean, a game like God of War, if if there were significant lag, you would definitely notice, you know. Uh, and it was perfectly playable. I mean, even the QTEs ran perfectly fine. Uh, granted, I'm sure you know it, it's like it being at the CES show floor. I'm I'm curious like how much like technical mastery went into like giving it the best. Uh, performance possible but on the other hand it's like vita doesn't have an ethernet cable so it has to be running over wi-fi and ces must be one of the most like wirelessly noisy places in the world so if they're they're able to pull that off uh without me feeling like there was any significant lag i think i think that's a tremendous accomplishment now on the other hand like you know it's still not a real world environment Uh, i'm sure they did a lot of testing uh to make it work uh but for me i was actually more impressed by uh, PlayStation Now than I was Vita Remote Play because v- Vita Remote Play, like I think that that works, but it, it, for me, I like feel a, at least a little bit of lag when I play on on how, my how home funny connection. Is it that in your home connection you would feel more lag from input than over a over a wireless network that wire over network. a server? Yeah, I, I, so so you know, I'm I'm a little bit skeptical, but once again, you know, my my home internet isn't really that great, and I'm 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 curious to see how that translates uh, in, in a real-world environment. But the fact that they're getting a beta out there so quickly, uh, I think that, that that's really promising because people will be able to get their hands on it, test it uh, uh, pretty soon. Uh, uh, and also got to try um, Last of Us on a, on a Bravia TV. Uh, so the interesting thing is, so on, on Vita, like, I don't know if Vita's going to be the ideal way to play a lot of games because um, the L2... Uh, L L three R two R three buttons are all mapped to the the rear touchpad, uh, so there it's like you, you can see like uh, the top left corner of the rear touchpad would be the L two button, while the bottom right co- uh, bottom left corner would be the uh, L three button. So you know it just conceptually that takes a little while to get used to. I think uh, God of War didn't use any of those buttons. I think so. I think unless you want to L three and R three at the same time to maybe activate your. I guess something. Yeah, uh, but like in it, it was the beginning of the game, so it was just yeah. like like I you just need the face buttons and the the two analog right. sticks. So I think that's like a really great demo to to yeah, give to people no. uh, during the during the uh, for press. So uh, I I can't <laughs> say one way or another if uh, that emulation really works uh, well or not. Uh, but on a Bravia TV, so the caveat here is uh, it has to be a. 2014 Bravia TV. It's like right. it doesn't work with older models because uh, they need Bluetooth connectivity. Uh, you you get a USB cable. You connect your DualShock Three uh, to your TV. It'll it'll pair just like a DualShock does with the PS3, and then you'll be able to control the menu and and games. So I mean that's pretty that's cool, cool. Being able to have a Super full controller. Cool. Yeah. Uh, uh, just have this library <laughs> of games. Um, there's a lot of questions. Don't you part. know that somewhere the the online folks are like. Son of a bitch. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, I, I mean, the problem with on live is, yeah, they they really should have been focusing on 
not going after a consumer facing market quite yet because just yep. the the library wasn't there the 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 technology wasn't quite there uh, and they spent a lot of money being consumer facing well look and when you're sony and you already have a television product you know so you're like hey you just what you do is you hook your controller up to our television and hopefully you bought our television and now you can play these games yeah that was that's the you know that's the lightning Synergy. in a bottle Synergy. Yeah. I mean the the one Sony mantra, right? That that uh, Kazurai's been really trying to push. Uh, I think. Uh, did you guys uh, watch or listen to his keynote? I I picked up part of it. Yes. Uh, I mean and the one future is cool. Yeah. No, it it really does seem like. Uh, I mean, people. I I haven't felt this kind of optimism towards Sony's future in such a long time. Also, I have to say that I think my favorite moment of the of the keynote was uh, when they got a. Uh, uh, Vince Gilligan from uh, uh, Breaking Bad. He's the creator and executive producer. Uh, he he's su- he's such a good company man. He just like name drops Sony products like 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 it's nobody's <laughs> nice. business. Like for him. you know, I I really loved filming on my Sony digital cameras, and you know when I when I play back on my Sony Blu-ray player on my Bravia, you know, 4K curved UHD TV. <laughs> it's just it really just you With know my ma- short throw projector, yeah. <laughs> and my giant money hat. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I mean, well, a lot of people don't seem to realize that uh, Breaking Bad was made by Sony Pictures. So, like, you know, they, they, I, I think for a lot of people, it's like, why is he doing this? <laughs> it's like, well, he's I just, made the he's... meth blue just to make it more Sony-like. <laughs> yeah, you know, just I really tried to make it look like a Blu-ray. You know, <laughs> so Kanata, yes, sir. Those Spicer might not be here. You're not going to weasel out of this PlayStation Now thing quite that easily. No, no. So, what's your opinion now? <laughs> I, I'm impressed with it. Uh, clearly it works. I mean, we have, we have Andrew here with firsthand knowledge of the fact that it works and that's great. Um, it's not, it's not a compelling product for me personally, although I can certainly understand why people would like it. Uh, I'm just, I'm just not, I, I like the idea of playing stuff on the Vita, playing PS3 games on the Vita. That's super cool. I just don't see myself doing it that often. Um, I don't know. I mean, I think the idea of like, oh, so people could be playing Dark Souls 2 on their Vita, you know, how cool is that? Well, I that? think I think for me, uh, obviously, they still haven't uh, really answered the questions on what the subscription model is going to be exactly. like and what the library is going to be. But the idea, potential of having a, a Netflix for PlayStation games right. is really exciting for me. Pricing is going to be critical. Yeah, so they cl- said they're critical. going to do Absolutely. both. They're going to do, you know, the a la carte style, but also subscription model. As you guys properly ask on DLC, uh, that's Jeff's new show on Five by Five. You know what is the price? And I, and I'll answer this. I was screaming at the radio. I know how I know how listeners you can call feel in, dude. Yeah, <laughs> I can be on the damn show. You'd be on dude. the show, uh, please. I think the price has already been set. The price has been set by Netflix. We know what the price is. The price is seven ninety nine. The price for that a monthly streaming is not going to happen. The, the, and, but I'm telling you that the price for a monthly streaming subscription service of content over the internet is the Netflix price. And well, I think they're smart no, no, enough no, no, to recognize that. I don't. Let, I don't. Let, think, yeah, WWE announced right, exactly. WWE Network, and that's, yeah, it's ten dollars a month. Well, so. they're not WWE. Uh, I mean, this, this is a, and this this is a is different the, thing. WWE think, is a singular, like, we have a fan base. They're here to watch one thing. They're very entrenched. And we know we know what the audience size is, and we're, we're you know, this is that. But don't you think that uh, the perception is that because it's an interactive medium, it's a different medium than this <clears throat> passive watching of something, that there's some sort of weird higher price point that is necessary to give you video games instead of movies? I... 
I don't think it's psychologically. You mean yes, yes. Uh, I think because a video game is a sixty dollar proposition and a movie is a twenty dollar pro. If you go to the store and you want to buy a Blu-ray of X Men and you want to play the video game of X Men, the licensing costs for getting legacy video games must be significantly lower, especially once it, it. in in Sony's case, they don't even need to tap into third parties that much. I think they could get away with having a a, a launch library of just first party titles. Uh, that so I, I think the co- a lot of the cost of Netflix isn't the actual bandwidth. A lot of the cost is just paying for the goddamn. I'm telling content. you, if it's if it's lower than fourteen ninety nine, I'm going to be shocked. Pleasantly, yeah, yeah. I mean, we're not you're not complaining. I'm not arguing yeah, for you're, it. You're, I'm just thinking. I just don't think that it'll be any lower than than fifteen dollars. I really don't. I, I think that I is. think that would be a critical mistake. I do too, because the, the, again, the the market has been already saturated by Netflix. This is a customer expectation point. It but what does it cost to play WoW? And, and what does it cost to play any MMO? I understand what you're saying, but those are those are new, currently evolving. I mean, WoW is still considered an active, current new game. We're not talking about active, current. New game. So here's where you're I, talking about all the games, but not but but not all the games theoretically, because Netflix streaming doesn't have all of the mm-hmm. movies on it. It's about right. what the package offering is and netflix very strategically picks what goes in there and i could even see much as netflix has done with original content that playstation now could eventually also sweeten the pot by having you know playstation originals that are available only through playstation now so here's the question we brought up on dlc and let me i would love your opinion on it is what's what's the relationship between this new subscription service and psn do there ha- does there have to be a handshake agreement between those two services, or can they exist as two separate entities? Do- can Sony get away with saying, "Well, you got to pay us to play online"? Well, you don't have to. Well, so you mean the- what's the relationship between PlayStation Plus? Right, that's what I mean. Yes, and I think the relationship between PlayStation Plus and whatever this service is does not have to be interconnected because PlayStation Plus already gives you a fantastic. I mean, it's a pretty good value proposition because they're giving you free games every. Right. Uh, every month, right? But maybe. But doesn't it seem odd that the company is asking for two separate subscriptions? Is, I, I, is there is that a tricky... have they already said that they're not going to? I mean, fold them in together or give PS Plus I mean, members I, a discount? I, I or, think you know. Well, I'm sure Plus members will get a discount. I'm sure it'll be a they'll get they'll yeah. get access into a beta and whatnot. Uh, sure. But but it it I think it would be more confusing to the consumer to or and pricier if they bundle the two services together. Yeah. I mean and and the thing about PlayStation Plus is that it's really just for PlayStation devices. PlayStation Now clearly the long-term vision is to make it accessible on non-Sony products, you know. Right. right. So so they're they're sort of designing this so that you it's not a chicken and egg thing. You don't need PlayStation Plus in order to add this thing onto yeah, it. Yeah, exactly. Gonna be, I mean, they're going to operate yeah. independently. They might they may bundle them together. I mean, the the, deal, uh, the the end goal is to be able to play God of War on your iPad, right? Right. Like, you yeah, know, yeah. through the okay. streaming service. Horrible. Uh, hopefully not with punch <laughs> controls. <laughs> I just want I wanted to make sure awful. the question you were asking, Jeff, is is do people who have PlayStation Plus get this for free? I don't think that they're going to get it for free, but there's got to be. Some but that was the question you were asking, right? R- well, it. I'm, the question I'm asking is, how do those two things relate to one another? Do they get it for okay. free? Do they get it for less? Do they get well, it? Well, they probably will get it. I mean, don't you? It, it does stand to reason, I think, that by virtue of the way they've done great value ads already on PlayStation Plus, that they're going to have, again, market I mean, expectation. The expectation of PlayStation Plus members will be, I'm a PlayStation Plus member. I should get a discount on this. And maybe right. maybe the $7.99 price will be For if PlayStation you're a PlayStation Plus. Plus. And maybe it's nine ninety nine if you're not. 
I mean, I think it still has to, I yeah, they, it has they, to be under 15, they, has to be under 10, I think. You know, I think Sony so has too, Music I, Unlimited, they have other subscription services, they announced a, a you know, a new TV streaming service yep. as well, and people don't expect those Sony services to be tied into PlayStation Plus. They do appreciate it when they get a, when a, when they get a discount. I mean, I, I totally took advantage of Music Unlimited when it was $12 a year uh, for Plus members, and... And so, you know, they're going to use Plus as a way of getting people into another service. But, uh, but yeah, I don't think there's going to be any confusion over what Plus is, what, what Now is, what, you know, their new TV service is, you know. Anything over 10 is a huge mistake. What is, I, I'm, I pay for it and I don't even know, which well, is pathetic. What's PlayStation may, Plus Maybe right it's now? not a huge mistake for them business-wise, but it would certainly be a disappointment for us as gamers. Yeah, PlayStation yeah. Plus is $50 a year, so what, that's uh, four and change per month, right? Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's a, and you're right. I think it's over ten dollars a month that. is way too much. Yeah, this is going to be way too much, especially I, much. Especially, my prediction though is fourteen ninety nine. Especially thinking about the load that I would anticipate that they face, because what's really going to happen is people are going to buy this, but they're the, especially early adopters going to be people who already have PlayStation threes and PlayStation fours and Vitas, and yeah, they're going to play with it some, but I wonder how often they're really going to use it. I think that like Christian was talking about, the beauty of this would be to be able to have friends over. And play a game that you want to play. Or the beauty of this is to be able to say, oh man, I loved Parappa the Rappa. I want to go grab that and play it for a little while. And I don't want to go buy it. I don't want to keep it for a long time. I just want to sit down and play 20 minutes of kick punch. Okay, I'm done. Got it. I remember that. That was fun. Awesome. But do you think that there is a long-term play on this that is sort of um, abandoning physical media as a... Oh yeah, no, I mean oh, the well, the, the, yeah. the, yeah. the the it's not even a long term goal. The immediate goal is hey, get people on a subscription because that right. that get gets you so much revenue on a regular basis that you can predict. I mean that's why PlayStation Plus existed, uh, and thankfully it's turned into a service that I think people really find beneficial. There's a value to the gamer that they appreciate uh, well, and, plus. And here yeah, lies here lies why there was zero conversation initiated by Sony on backward compatibility. Right. I mean, right. this is it. This is it, of yeah. course. And and look, we talked about it when they made the initial Gaikai announcement. It wasn't hard to read those tea leaves. It was pretty much standing right there in front of you. It's like, this is what we are doing. This is how we're conquering that problem. I mean, and, and there's, a, there's a vision of the future that says this is not just backwards compatibility. This is forwards compatibility. Oh, yeah. yeah. I mean, they, they can do Absolutely. PS4 streaming. Like, right. uh, I, I, but not even that. It, I mean, I think you could keep the PS4 in your house and turn that into a thing that plays better games than the ps4 can I, I still don't think that it you know well now the, you're drinking p- the on live kool-aid yeah i mean people are saying like oh well does this mean that this will be the last playstation console i don't think so uh i think you know there's still room for hardware based innovation uh, i do though I, I mean i'm dead serious i do see the space if they are wise and and watch what netflix has done look at how successful netflix has mm-hmm. been since it reinvented itself a year and a half ago and a big part of that has been part of the original programming and they're going they have the every opportunity to do the same thing here and there are things that would work perfectly like this imagine sony doing a partnership with telltale to use these telltale engine games which are obviously now able to be built around narrative not around game engine they've they've succeeded at telltale with creating a platform yep. on which they can make new experiences which mm-hmm. is what making episodic content was always searching for so now imagine bringing that into playstation now something original that's there you can only get it by being in playstation now because they know that yeah people will still stream some games here and there but now i'm pulling people into buying that subscription right. when you've got people paying you a monthly a monthly fee to subscribe to something 
That is an awesome income. I would love to see Quantic Dream do something episodic over streaming, you know, because that that's the kind like imagine if Heavy Rain were adapted into like an episodic episodic format and it works on touch interface, right? Like, I mean, Beyond, uh, I don't know if you tried playing the touch version of Beyond, uh, but, you know. It sort of worked. They're clearly thinking about things like that. So I think that'd be really awesome, right? If 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 you know they're really well, like, can we take a step back for a second? Are, are we all jumping on this bandwagon? Are we all? Are, is that how you want no, to no, play I, games? I, I, I mean, I don't think exclusives are necessary, but I think I think right now the immediate goal is to say, yeah, hey, well, it works. The next step after that is it it works on non Sony devices, and that'll just open up the market significantly right there so you know even if that's if even if that's the end game that that increases sony's reach tremendously right if you can play ps3 games on your android tablet or if you can if you can play your ps3 games on a pc right how many how many pc gamers have said i want to play last of us and they don't have a ps3 well this could be theoretically be a viable way for them to get into that right and that's super cool and what you're saying about having uh uh, exclusives on a, a service like this is super cool, but I I want to I want to step back from the that makes great business sense and that's the way this succeeds conversation and say do you want do you want an, a game that you want to play only playable as a streaming game? No, I don't. I, I wouldn't want it to be only streaming. I think well, that's uh, what he's talking about yeah. exclusives to this. Service. I, why I, would I, why why would I have a problem with that? I'm asking. <laughs> do you not like only being able to watch Orange Is the New Black because it's on Netflix streaming? But Orange Is the Orange is the New Black isn't rendering the actors on locally if I buy the Blu-ray version. I mean, for me, I'll still, I, I still believe that the performance is going to be better on a, on a local native device. Okay, and as, so- a, as a PS4 owner, I'd feel a little weird if there were PlayStation content that I couldn't access <laughs> like all, natively on my device. I do feel like that's a weird sort of communication. I, I see what you're saying, Jeff. So, so I'm maybe, asking you. So what- maybe then down the road, you know, look, if they did the Telltale model, then they make a wrap-up disc at the end of the season. Well, I'm not saying the placate, same way. placate me. I'm I'm asking you if that's is this the future that we want, Mattis? What do you? Well, what do you feel? I mean, I mean, I, look, all these things can can get digital content, right? All these all these Sony devices, and so to me, it's it's it doesn't really seem like. Th- I mean, like I don't think they're going to kneecap themselves and release something that's only available. I mean, it might be having a period of exclusivity, but like even The Walking Dead and all that stuff made it to disc eventually. Like if it sells enough, they will sell it to you. Right. You know, like if they can afford to do it, they will push it out to to you know bigger marketplace. So, in terms of me personally, i i I have to see what the, what they're going to do. I have to see what kind of software they would be they would do that with. If they did that with an episodic Walking Dead, would that be in and of itself a, a, enough for me to go? Oh, let me you know pop down an extra fifteen bucks a month. Probably not. Mm-hmm. You know, but if it is, if it does turn into this whole like. Every game that Sony's ever made, you can, you know, or a huge swath of the library going back to PS1, you can, like, all of a sudden have access to, whether it's just for a few seconds or, you know, buy legacy titles or whatever. That's great. That'll also only work for a a segment of the population because one of my biggest complaints right now is I'm looking at the 360, which I'm about to, you know, put in the closet eventually, and I'm losing a lot of games there. Yeah. Like like it got to the point halfway through that life cycle where it's like, man, if I could buy that if I if a digital title comes out and I can buy it on PC, that's where I'm buying it because I know it's not going to you know, yeah. vanish. I'm not going to have to keep some box on my desk or some device available specific to that, you know, other than my PC. Like I right. I just I don't know, I don't know what the 
personal advantage of that is I, I, I think they could definitely position it so that it would be more attractive. And I think, you know, we don't know, you know, how it's ultimately going to shake out, but yeah, it is kind of weird. It is kind of a weird strategy. So my other question is, would you guys prefer the subscription model to the a la carte model model? Well, how would you personally engage in, in, I want to consume it via subscription at a very reasonable cost. Same way as I want my Netflix, you know, Mm -hmm. it's the same reason that I don't need discs for my Netflix anymore. Yeah. I'm I'm willing to pay a reasonable fee to have access to this stuff because there's a back and forth understanding. There's an understanding. Look, again, I'm probably not going to sit there and consume all the games out of the library. I'm not going to buy be using tons of them, but I'm gonna. But I want to have access to that library, and I want to have it on access on my terms. And I'm willing to pay a monthly fee to do that. But it's got to be like I said. It's, it, the, the the number's been set seven ninety nine. It's seven ninety nine a month. Mm-hmm. That's fair. No, I get it. I, I think that would be a killer price point. And I think I, they have I, to I, I think they have to it. stand up on their side and understand what brought Netflix back into the game. Netflix was written off. Can you remind Netflix was being written off as as, you know, going out of business. Like they're gonna be worked and then they reinvented themselves by really paying attention to what people wanted. Well, no, even offering- when they announced the streaming plans, you know, people were really skeptical of that. Uh there's still questions of whether or not uh, original content is sustainable and and the cost of licensing. So, but you know, they're they're clearly agile, and they're 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 clearly a company that people respect, uh, and a co- company that that's clearly aware of the future, right? Yeah. Are, are there any are there any um, PS3 exclusives or PS3 big three PS3 games coming out in 2014 that we know of? Yes. I'm not thinking of what? Well, not exclusive. Oh, Dark Souls. Uh, but there are a lot of. Uh, well, there there actually are. Let me uh, let me look that because up. that's an interesting idea. Is what if what if it isn't what if a big game comes out and they go this is coming out on x date what we got a list all right so ps3 exclusives or just ps3 games in general uh because you have cast lords of shadow 2 in february dark souls 2 in march you have uh uh final fantasy lightning returns right uh you have okay that's a great let's take that south park let's take let's take lightning returns they say lightning returns is going to be in stores this day also, it's going to be on PlayStation Now, day and date, mm-hmm. with a subscription. Mm-hmm. Big release. You can play it on your PS4 right now. You can play it on your Vita right now. I think in, in lieu of sort of the exclusive content idea, the idea of not having to wait to play. You don't have to go to the store and pay $60. You get it in your subscription. Or, I think that oh, would be pretty powerful. That is or, pretty cool. or, I mean, especially because they're going to offer an a la carte model, uh, I think at least offering those kinds of games uh, for PS4 owners to be able to access. You know, if yeah. you can if you can buy the $60 streaming version day and date, uh, because there's still a lot of current-gen games that have no forward compatibility, right? There's no way to play them right. on the next-gen consoles. So, you know, I think even just that by itself, it, it might not be this grand vision of the future but i think there's gonna be a lot of people that would probably want to play like kingdom hearts 2.5 right on their ps4 yeah, right you know uh, it doesn't necessarily have to be part of the subscription but i think i think pe- being part of the subscription i know no, no that'd be killer, killer that'd yeah. be absolutely killer but i i, I mean <coughs> that seems less likely like you know i i, I think i would love I, I would like, love to see something like that you know? i mean it might murder sales on that title you know it, it was, well, i think i, I mean I, i'm still surprised that a game like uh don't starve launches on playstation plus for free like it day one right day one on playstation 4 
it's free, which is crazy. <laughs> but <laughs> like, it's not a Final Fantasy game. <laughs> it's not a Final Fantasy game, but still, it's still a new game that's yeah. launching. For, so, so a part of me just like a part of me, a part of me wouldn't be entirely surprised if Sony was able to pull off something like that. They they do seem to be very aggressive this generation, and they're pulling some really interesting strings. I won't expect it, but they, can, they continue to make PlayStation Plus a good value proposition, which is great for gamers. Yeah. Well, there you go, folks. We are ready to give you the best value proposition for your time, which is our finishing moves to wrap things up quickly before heading to the uh, playoff tailgate. Ooh, can't wait for that. You know, wake up, by the way. Wake up. Oh, not yet. We have finishing oh, yeah. moves. Oh, we have finishing stay moves. Sleep, yeah. Stay asleep. Stay asleep. <laughs> finishing moves. All right. Ready to launch into the first finishing moves of 2014. I'll let you uh, take the floor, Jeff Kanata. Well, I'll do a couple of plugs. Uh, the first of all, we've mentioned a couple of times is the new show that Christian and I are doing on 5x5 called DLC. Um, it's on mon- we, we stream it live Mondays at 11 a.m. Pacific time. You can uh, tune in at 5x5 slash DLC or 5 by oh, excuse me, 5x5.tv slash dlc or 5x5.tv slash live when it when we're going and you can call in we have like we take live calls it's a brand new show it's fun you can find it on itunes um if you're done with your weekend on monday somebody said we dlc could stand for day later confirmed <laughs> nice day later uh... i like it yeah um, well done the other real quick plug i would like to say is if anybody's in the los angeles area i am going to be in a new play uh, we're in middle of rehearsals uh, for this uh, play, it's, it's going to be really. It, I'm so proud already of it, and we're only just starting rehearsals. Uh, it's called the Thirty Nine Steps. It's an old Hitchcock movie. This is done with only four actors. It is spectacularly wild, wacky fun because you have a few actors playing a whole bunch of different parts, um, and it's also this really fun thriller. Uh, you can find out the details at jeffcanada.com. We're playing at the uh, Norris Center Theater. Uh, from January 26th through February 9th, and then moving to Palm Springs for a couple oh, of weeks. Oh, didn't know about that part. Yeah, it's cool. We're, Playa. Yeah, it's going to be fun. Um, and honestly, this might be the best show that I've ever been a part of. I don't want to jinx it. We're early on, but the cast, I am by far the least talented person in the cast. It is a spectacular cast, and there's just it's it's the closest I'll ever come probably to being in a magic show. It's like magic on stage. It, there's tricks and visuals. It's amazing. Anyway. Very cool. That's awesome. Yeah. Andrew, finishing moves for you, sir. So one of my New Year's resolution this year is to make a game. So it's yeah. gonna be it's gonna be rough. Uh been talking uh I have you you're familiar with Robin Yang. She yeah. uh used to work at Siftio, so we're working together to uh figure out exactly how to do this. But what I do need to find in the short term, uh are artists. So if you are a terrific illustrator, if you can make adorable kittens, uh, or... Uh-oh. Sounds like somebody's making Cat Trivia 3. <laughs> <laughs> movie or, cat. Yeah, yeah. Movie cat. <laughs> or cat attractive people. <laughs> if you can draw either of those things, you should... Or attractive people with cat heads. No, that's creepy. That's the that's <laughs> oh, gone too okay. far, guys. Yeah, <laughs> that's, that's a bridge too. Yeah, no kajit, no kajit in your game, huh? No, no. Uh, maybe, maybe for the next one. Okay. Uh, uh, definitely hit me up on Twitter, or you can go to our website, littleboxgames.com. So uh, the details are there. So really excited to be doing this. It's something we've been talking about for a really long time, and you that's know, that's cool. Uh, and and this is the kind of thing where it's like, I, okay, I have I have money set off to the side to like 
to do this. And I'm like, this is going to be the best or worst decision that I've ever made. But at least it'll be a fun journey. And uh, even if it all goes to hell, uh, at least I can write about it or something like that. You know? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. There exactly. you go. Exciting. Jeff Mattis. Dude, that's awesome. Uh, I'm just going to sort of circle back around and bookend with the show with uh, the plug that I started at the beginning. I landed my first voiceover gig. Uh, Narcosis is the name of the game. Uh, very little information out there, and that's intentional. There's going to be in the in the upcoming months that they're going to do some official stuff. But give it a look. Give it a look. Uh, it's at Narcosis uh, with a second to last two as a is a or second to last s as a two uh, on Twitter, and then there's also a Facebook page. So check it out. All right, and I guess uh, I you know I have other stuff in mind, but I I would be uh, not living up to expectations if I didn't do a future of the show sort of thing for my uh, finishing move. So obviously we've said we're going to keep going. I don't know what it's going to be like. Uh, we've been discussing things. Number one, I don't even know if I'm going to keep the name. Uh, it might you know maybe we'll maybe we'll have a new name. I don't know if uh, it might not be nice just to have a fresh fresh reboot of the show it'll still be the same show we'll try to keep it on the same feed or i mean it's not that hard to resubscribe if you had to resubscribe uh, as far as financial support goes you guys have been amazingly awesome offering uh everything from you know well just offering everything to us i don't want to be out there trying to raise some great sum of money because i don't really have any illusions that podcasting is going to be some kind of uh you know employment scenario for me so really what i want to do is figure out how best to get um just some basic money to get like you know a mac some mics and uh, and enough stuff to do the, to record the show and then uh we've talked about maybe doing some sort of you know easy donation system where you could give us uh, enough money to pay for the hosting costs and that's really about all I want to do. I don't really want to get caught up in you know the whole Kickstarter making rewards. And although I want to reward you guys because you're awesome, I just don't want to take advantage of you. I mean, I just I've seen these big Kickstarters go out there, and there's a lot of money that gets involved. And I think that you guys are super generous, and I can really see a scenario where you guys would pledge a fuck ton of money to us, and I don't know what I would do to really return that to you. So rather than get, uh, I can speak from experience. It's kind of overwhelming. Yeah. So hard to deal with and i mean it's a yeah i'd rather pay it forward about, with, but it's like it's 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 very humbling and you don't know what to do so i'd rather pay it forward with uh content and then you know if one day it does work out to be able to be an employment scenario that would be great and in the meantime if we can keep making you the show and enjoying doing that when having this great relationship with you guys then that's what it's all about that's where i'm at so hokey pokey yes and i think really like is there any reason we can't just do just a, like a PayPal donation thing for the gear and just say, Hey, we need like, you know, X amount of dollars to buy the gear and then we'll just let keep, you know, and then like, that would be fine. And then we got the gear and then we're like, okay, we don't, you don't need us anything else. That's great. Stop. <laughs> right. Yeah. I mean, that just seems more, I don't know. Right. Cause it's always been that kind of deal. So there you go. That's the update. And then I figure what the, I mean, I do kind of, what do you think about a new name? Yeah. I'm down Garnet's new name. damn show. My Maybe. damn show. I don't know. Maybe. I mean, with the kind of enthusiastic ad reading you've done today, I think I think the advertisers are going to pull in. How about four guys, one cup? <laughs> <laughs> did David Ellis put you up to that? <laughs> he did, didn't he? David, David Ellis. Damn you, David Ellis. Damn you, David Ellis. Hey, can you pass that cup over here? <laughs> oh. All right, uh, that's it, folks. Thanks very much. Uh, the Atlantis Group, obviously, we're on our end of our run here. Show 199, we still have a couple more shows with them, but they've been a fantastic partner for us here in Santa Monica. Great Next recording week is studio. Next week's a big 200, babe. Next week's a big 200. Yeah, let's do it. The two double lot. Can't believe it. 
Uh, Dave and Ozzy in the booth uh, as well, taking care of us uh, from the production standpoint, along with Micah. I uh, thanked everybody. We still have playoff tailgate coming up, so stick around. Uh, wake up now. Wake up. <laughs> wake up. It's playoffs time. It's wake off. It's football time. But if you're not sticking around, that's your weekend confirmed, and we are ghost. Bring a pool safe to the sound. Hey, boy, tend to hit me with another round. I gotta finish these rounds. This podcast is brought to you by Sega's Kingdom Conquest 2, the strategy MMO for iPhone, iPad, and Android. Download today at the App Store and Google Play. All right, big thanks to the tailgate brought to you by Operation Sports, who continue to support, uh, I mean, not the tailgate, big thanks for support to the tailgate <laughs> from the Press Row podcast. Yes. Which Easy is, for you to say. Which Rich Grisham hosts uh, <laughs> uh, over there um, done by Operation Sports. So yeah. yes, easy for me to say. So now we're into the playoffs. Playoffs? Real yeah. good bringing in Rich. Hey, why don't you take home the trophy? Uh, yeah, really. Wait a minute. Uh, he hasn't won it yet. He hasn't yeah. won yet. He has not won it yet. He won the regular season. Ozzy, I'm going to go ahead and say you're going to fail just like your Chargers and lose. How dare you? <laughs> I would like to say Ozzy and I are the only people that had a, had any wins at all this week Man. for our picks. Push, if you didn't see, I, w- I was like, push, lose, lose, push. Yeah. Great. Uh, if you didn't see, Garnet posted our picks in the Shack thread last week because we didn't, uh, we w- didn't convene to record them, but we all did it via email. And uh, boy, it was... Sad. Great week in a playoff, so not a single one of us had any faith whatsoever in uh, in um, New Orleans. New Orleans, no yeah. one, not a single person. Yeah, Philly did not play its best game on the field. I was I was really surprised by the way they chose to pursue that game. I really thought that they'd go more tempo. Mm-hmm. I really thought they'd get McCoy involved better. They just they floundered around, and you know what? They and they really exposed uh, Foles' weakness at the end part of the season. And uh, Cowboys really like laid this open as well. He locks in, yeah, on his first call, and he has a real hard time moving <clears throat> to his second and third read. And mm-hmm. it, they the the New Orleans defense just really exploited him on that. They just mm-hmm. they just really read his number. So that was an interesting game. How about that? How about that Niners Packers game? Mm-hmm. That was it. Was a great game. It was a great game. It was real nail biter. Oh, I, mean, I know. Believe holy me. Holy cow. I had to watch it time shifted. So because Oh I, man. Yeah. And which I'm gonna have to watch all the games this weekend time shifted because of my rehearsal schedule. Uh which is it's awful. It's That's awful challenging. Because I have to I literally <laughs> shut off my phone and I was I, gonna say I'll start I, texting. Avoid you. Twitter at <laughs> I, t- I turned my phone on after after I watched the game and I had like fifteen texts of people like, Oh my god, <laughs> I'm like, thank God I turned my phone off. And then finally, Ozzy's Chargers. Yes. San Diego Superchargers. Yeah, you can always count on Cincinnati to choke one, huh? Wow. Yeah. Man. Again, and that, that game Dalton. also it turned the other way. The other the other wild card for that game, which was which Andy Dalton shows up. And unfortunately, that yeah. Andy Dalton showed up. The one that hasn't won a playoff game yet. Well, oh my yeah. God, the freaking Indianapolis That's, game. Oh, that was Smith. A, my wow. God. So what other quarterback actually grabs a fumble and runs it in? Most guys fall on it, right? Dude, the oh, way yeah. that, the, and the way that <laughs> the way that ball bounced, bounced to him was unbelievable, unreal. Yeah. What a off great a shoulder, of off the ground. It's just I, like I, I feel like RG three. I feel like RG three yeah. would do that, but I feel like that's more because he's reckless than right. you know more of a heads up thing. And seriously, between the end of the BCS week mm. and then wild card and then national championship, yeah, was there was about five days of just 
unbelievable Micah, football. There. Micah was at the national championship game. Yeah, he's Florida oh. State so, fan. He's got his Florida State shirt on. He's got his Florida State shirt on. Yeah. Evidently, there's now accusations that they were reading the Florida State offensive uh, calls as they were coming into the. There's proof. It's proof. proof. <laughs> <laughs> Mike is immediately. There is proof. All right. Well, we will. Uh, let's get on to this slate of games because oh, we man, have what four tilts. We have four yes. big ones coming up. We're going to kick it right off with Dave Maybe's hometown heroes, okay. the Seattle Seahawks. <laughs> but they're given seven and a half points to the Saints. <laughs> seven and a half points to the Saints. Ah, oh, man. On the road facing Seattle. Uh, has what? anyone seen the weather report? Is it supposed, supposed to be, to be rain? Yeah. It's supposed a little to be light sprinkles. I light sprinkles. Hundred percent chance bad. of rain. Hundred percent chance of rain. Light sprinkles yeah. isn't bad, but uh, wind wind won't be too bad. I don't think the wind will be too bad. I don't think it's going to be a big deal. It's yeah. It'll be playoff football is what it's going to be. Yeah. But Percy Harvin back for you. Percy Harvin's back. The thing we're missing is uh, KJ Wright, who shut down Graham last time, is mm-hmm. still out. Yeah, Graham's gonna. Graham will not have another silent game against them. I don't. Yeah. I don't think. And I think. I think anybody that doesn't think this is a close game, is it's gonna be a close crazy. game. It's gonna be. I mean, even Carol's like, you know, hope, hopefully the players forget about the last game. It was a blowout, but it's not gonna be the same. Yeah. Hence and, why I think the line is too big, and I'm gonna take the points and go with the Saints. Uh, I'm. I don't even need the points. Oh, oh <laughs> you're yeah. just going Seahawks out and out, <laughs> out and out win for the New Orleans Saints. Who beat shocked the world and beat? Is it really shocking the world? Seattle <laughs> and stealing from the 49ers the chance to destroy them in the <laughs> NFC Championship game. Oh my god! <laughs> oh man, yeah, I think I think that line's way too big. I'm gonna, I I think Seattle wins, but I think I'm gonna take the points and I'm gonna go New Orleans. All right, and then uh, we know what you're doing, Dave. Any, oh yeah, any, I'm going Seahawks. Any additional uh, cheerleading for the Seahawks? Last chance. Uh, they just painted a huge, uh, the 12th man's been going crazy with all the 12s they do. Yeah. Uh, it's pretty cool if you look on, uh, Twitter, that's a 12th or architecture. And they've been doing, uh, like 12th man stuff all over there. So it's pretty cool on how it's taken over the city. Um, you know, never won a championship up there. The one team that has won a championship, the Sonics is gone. So the city's excited and, uh, I'm excited too, but very nervous about the game. Micah, what do you watch. think there, sir? My Mike has wow, got the Seahawks as well. Uh, Andrea and Rich both have the Seahawks as well. Thanks a lot, Andrea. James. <laughs> well, the way I've been trending, it could be just as bad the other way. So one or the other of us. And James went with the Saints. Uh, so we got to go. We're going to skip down because now that you know you've had your chance to gloat, I got to return it to Dave with the. Uh, San Francisco 49ers, a road favorite. Yeah, baby. Road favorite by um, a point going into Carolina. Carolina How about no your classy uh, Kaepernick and Gore afterwards with their beanies on all thugged out? Yeah, well, you know. Classy. So, Jeff, <laughs> don't don't be don't be a wilting flower now. Bring it. Oh, Tell us why those Niners are gonna go into why this is okay. They got something to prove. They got something to prove. Uh Carolina shut them down last week. We got Crabtree back. That's it's a completely different team from what they saw. True. In well, week, not completely whatever that was. But it is. Yeah, Crabtree being back is huge. Kaepernick's, Kaepernick's playing great. What that happened win, to Anquan Bolden? Where'd he go? He's still there, dude. He had what three catches last week? Oh, three catches. You know he's, he's solid. You're still you you're still trolling Anquan Bolden, aren't you? Even <laughs> even VD had a touchdown last week. Uh, Nobody wins with VDs. I'm telling you. Hey man, you gotta have VD. <laughs> you gotta get some VD. Um, 
yeah, it, it's gonna be uh, it's gonna be a, a ground and pound game. It's they're not they're not gonna uh, they're not gonna it's two big defenses. I, I think this out, is a one thing I was right about last weekend was that Cap was the leading rusher in the game. You were right about that. God, why did they keep? I was yelling at the TV. They they're rushing him, and it's like just keep him in the pocket, let him throw. He's beating you with his legs on yeah. four plays in a row. I think I honestly think this is gonna be like that thirteen ten, you know twenty seventeen kind of game. Uh, it's not. These are two great defenses. It's not going to be a shootout. It's going to be really brutal. Um, and I think they can. I think they can. I think here's what I here's what I'm going to go on a limb and say. Fourth quarter interception from Cam Newton is the difference maker. Hmm. Counterpoint, Dave. Maybe <laughs> uh, this is an easy one. Carolina all the way. <laughs> Uh, I think reality catches up with uh, Kaepernick here. He, I think he throws the fourth quarter interception. <laughs> or he has a big fumble on a run where he's trying to make too much happen. Mm, interesting. Niners just uh, last weekend struggled with the Packers. And admittedly, that was an adverse weather condition. I was surprised, though, to see how much fight the Packers gave them. I mean, n- nothing against the Packers, but look at where their team was this season. You know, they obviously they have a great running back in Lacey. Oh, man. They have a great quarterback in Rodgers, but their defense is not that play that Rodgers made where he was un. I've never seen anything like that. Unreal. But the fact that they were able to do that major holding on that play against the Niners, of course there was <laughs> holding every play. It's the playoffs. They're not calling it. That makes me, that makes me question the Niners just enough that on the flip side, I think the Panthers have been overlooked so much this season, they've been playing really and they good. have been playing fantastic football. They're at home, and you're going to give them a point. Sorry, man, I'm taking the Packers. Ooh. I'm taking the Panthers. Taking the Panthers. But this is their first time in the playoffs, and God knows how long this this team's not playoff tested. I wonder if the jitters are maybe going to get to them the way they get to the Bengals every year. <laughs> so I think I'm going to have to go with the Niners on this one. Micah, you, what do you think? <laughs> oh yeah, he's got uh, he's got Niner colors on. Florida State colors are <clears throat> all right, all right. So he's going with the he's going with the Niners there in the yeah, garnet gold. Uh, <laughs> I hate to tell you this, Jeff. Uh oh, Andrea. Yeah, same what? friend. What with the Niners? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she jinxed us both. <laughs> uh, Rich and James are both with me on the uh, Carolina wow, football really? Panthers. Rich, oh no! You know, I really, I really Rich do want to see. One. I really do want to see the Niners and the Seahawks come out and you know meet in the oh, NFC title that game. Be the best game be- ever. Because I want, I want there to be a friendly wager between Dave and Jeff, and I kind of have an idea for that. If firstborn child, <laughs> and, 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 and and you'll both be happy to know it has nothing to do with shaving eyebrows, face tattoos. <laughs> Right, so we move into uh, the AFC for a uh, big game in Foxborough with New England Patriots at home facing that big time comeback team, the Colts. Yeah, Colts getting seven on the road to face the Patriots. I think this is easy for me, honestly. I the Patriots. Uh, this is an amazing season for the Patriots. The fact that they had what twelve wins this yep. year, unbelievable. With what? With, with what? A, with a murderer. With a, <laughs> yeah, murder. Gronkowski breaking murder. his leg. Yeah, it, it really does remind you what a great coach Bill Belichick is. He, he coached him up, and uh, I think Blunt is going to run. They're going to ride him all throughout this game. That guy's a beast. Talk about beast mode. However, however, however. I think the Colts, if if Denver wasn't in the, in the, in the mix here, I, I'd pick the Colts for the Super Bowl at this point. I think they have this 
intangible destiny thing happening. There's a team like that every year that is like, there's just something. The ball bounces their way, man. It's like, and I'm picking the Colts. All right. It must be Lux Beard. <laughs> yeah. Weird, man. His <laughs> Amish thing that he's got going on. Not a good look. Oz, uh, so what do you think? There? Uh, the Colts are always falling behind too much in the first half. And it <coughs> catches up to them every now and then. And I think it's going to catch up to them this time. So I'm going Patriots. Dave, maybe. I was going to go Colts, but then I saw Rich went with uh, Indy. So uh, I'm going to take New England because I'm going to try to catch a game on him. Well, I'm not going to try and catch a game on him. Here's the thing with the Colts. Gronk's out for the Patriots. And lest we forget, the Patriots struggled with a very mediocre defense this year. And that yeah. that that plus seven for the Colts, I'm going to take the Colts on this game. Uh, as did Rich, as we know already. Micah, what do you think here? Colts or Patriots? He's going with the Colts as well. Andrea went with the Patriots, <coughs> and Damn James it. went with the Colts. And then our final game of this uh, season of this of this wave of the playoffs. And we still have three only three games left after this. Yeah. Only three games left. Uh, we have San Diego plus nine and a half. Yeah, first, was, uh... first of all, all you people on Twitter that were saying I picked against the Chargers last week, I did not. So suck it. <laughs> <laughs> all right, Ozzy, you're getting nine and a half on the road in Denver. That's an insulting line, especially given that we went into their house you're right it's not nearly enough right on week 15 when they had something to play for so denver should be insulted by that you want to (laughs) talk you want to talk about the team of destiny chargers are the team of destiny man i mean come on i'm i'm all i'm all the way with the chargers i'm riding them all the way to the super bowl i'm proud i am i am proud of you for bringing it strong for your team that time here's here's the bad thing going for denver and seattle the uh since 2005 the number one number six game the sixth seed has won is uh, five out of the seven times. Yeah. Including last year against the Broncos. I yeah. think uh, Ravens went in as the sixth And how many and they... times has Peyton been knocked out of the playoffs in the first round at home? Yeah. It's like 12 times. The other thing going for San Diego is, uh, wh- what was it? Whoever beats Philly. Uh, oh, uh you know, I know, all, you, I know all, that, all of that bookkeeper <laughs> bullshit is exactly that. Yeah, I agree. Uh, <laughs> looking down at the picks, I'm going with Andrea on this one. Broncos, nine and a half. Look. You guys don't believe in the bolo tie? Uh, the bolo tie. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> you, you, look, the Chargers have had a great season, and I think that that win... The way that they came out in the second half against Cincinnati and took advantage of what was offered to them was fantastic. Matthews has been playing a terrific game at home in the playoffs, looking to make a run with, with and Manning knows the clock is Last close run. to expiring on him. He's got a real legitimate chance to take home a Super Bowl ring this season. He's not going to keep it. He's, he's got his eye on the prize. They are going to take care of business. Does, five he, touchdowns. does he throw for 600 yards? Yeah, they, <laughs> five touchdowns they're for take Manning. Care of business. It's a two-touchdown win. I'm picking the Broncos as well. I think it's a 14-point win. Easy. And Micah, what do you think? <clears throat> Micah's got the Broncos. Sorry, Oz. But Rich and James both are with you and the uh, Ozzy and the San Diego Superchargers. Yeah, I, I I got so tired of hearing so many people go, oh, they don't even deserve to be in. It should have been Pittsburgh I was in. No, they showed why they should be, and they showed why they belong in that game, even though they lost those really crappy games in the regular season. But they're 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 a good team, and they're going to go all the way. All right, everybody. Enjoy your weekend. I hope you, you believe have, it. <laughs> hope you have a fantastic time watching the games. These should be some fantastic matchups. Oh, We've got man. championship weekend after that, and then two weeks later, the Super Bowl. Some Go fantastic Hawks. football left to come, and we will be here making the picks with you. Talk to you again next week.